Star Trek gets rebooted, Kevin Costner builds a diamond, and Tracy Flick deserves to win this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's chronological Pop culture time machine taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago to the week that was in movies, TV, music, video games, and more. Our window this week is May 3rd through the 9th in the year of 1989, 1999, and 2009. We'll tell you everything notable that came out or happened during that period, hopefully in less than 90 minutes. Start a stopwatch because we're not going to get there. Uh, <laughs> this week is too fun. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and if elected, I will immediately dismantle the student government. <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and I don't care how much you build. I'm not coming to that shit. <laughs> uh, man, that movie's been making men come for 30 years at this point. Mm. From their eyes. Mm. We don't know what to call it. We, we don't, Is that what you guys we don't know. We don't know. We don't know how to. We have intimacy issues. Um, not every not every bodily function is related to sex. I heard this. <laughs> um, anyway, thirty twenty ten. Uh, this week's going to be super fucking fun. Some real classic movies in this. Some really bad movies in this uh, segment, and uh, some notable episodes of television. Of course, wall to wall. Bringing you in and out music from the era. It's a really fun trip through memory lane. Open up a portal. Three little ones. Sit down. Or commute somewhere and open up three portals to 1989, 1999, and 2009. But first, as always, we start with 1989. May 3rd through the 9th. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about an era where Pet Cemetery is still number one at the box office for the third week in a row. Yeah. I don't think the new one can say that. Um, yeah. So, yes, the uh, sometimes the original is better. I'm I'm not going to stop doing that guy's voice. I love Fred. I mean, that fits for the movie. Mm -hmm. The original is better. Holy shit, we have another Patrick Dempsey movie like right off the bat. Wow. I know, two weeks in a row. Patrick Mc We're so blessed, McDreamy and Supergirl? <laughs> uh, yep. In the movie Happy Together? Chris is an English major. He's I going was. to college to broaden <laughs> his horizons. Alexandria is an actress who's majoring in fantasies and wild living. She lives in a world of her own. He's just been assigned to share the room. I can't live with you. Why not? Is there something wrong with me? Yes, your sex. What? This sounds like the beginning of a sexual harassment video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your sex. That is right there in the affidavit. <laughs> uh, happy to get... So this is... What, yeah. a, a guy and a girl who are forced to cohabitate? This is an episode right. of the Brady Bunch? Is it because they have the same haircut? <laughs> <laughs> it is 1989, yeah. people. No, yeah. They, yeah, they get stuck in the same dorm room together, and then wackiness ensues. Like, at one point, uh, Patrick Dempsey tries to, you know, like, some guy comes to pick her up, but her name is Alex, and that's the confusion, and mm. he, like, wears a dress and pretends to be gay? Um, Lover boy tell you. Mm. Mm. Same movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. Now, the, honestly, the only interesting thing about this, and you will find it on YouTube, is this is kind of Brad Pitt's first movie. What? Oh, pre-Thelma Louise. Think he, I don't think he gets a line. 
because someone has taken every scene that he even appears in and put oh, in a big super cut on YouTube. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so he's looking at him like, and this is the part where he says something, right? This He's going to become a character. He's going to be like the asshole boyfriend. No, he's just sort of dancing around in the background at the dance class. And, it's oh, not for fine. some of us. Um, that's about it. Yeah, this looks dumb. This looks, we got two college movies and they're both dumb. I, I, just, I can't wait to talk about the Kirk Cameron Roy Scheider movie, which is yeah. just like, dude, man, there was not a lot of movies and something like this to fall through my cracks, my huge cracks. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Crevices. Uh, and Jamie Gertz, a movie called Listen to Me. Which they do not know how to market. A kid from Oklahoma, the daughter of an immigrant and the son of a wealthy senator. Listen to me. Came here to knock me off my pedestal, didn't you, country boy? It's about real triumphs, real trouble. You're flying low, Muldoon. Real love. How will you know it's love? Real life. What was that for? We're not giving up. Kirk Cameron. Listen to me. Rated PG-13. What's this weird Forever Young cover in there? Yeah, there's a couple trailers and ads, and none of them really tell you what this movie is about. This is about the high-stakes world of college debate teams. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. So is Roy Schneider the dad or the debate team captain? Debate team coach, of course. Right, and she's she's a city girl, and he's a farm boy with a terrible accent. And... um, they disagree on stuff and they fight, but they got to work together. And in the end, they go to the big debate finals in front of the Supreme Court where. Sure. OK, here's here's <laughs> a, here's the problem, though. Now, that's fine. You know, we've seen this kind of movie. That's fine. <laughs> the, the topic that they're talking about is abortion. Oh, boy. And they spend a lot of time <clears throat> in this movie arguing about abortion. So that's what I was going to ask. Like, Kurt Cameron is not totally in his left behind. I only make Christian movies, period, at this point. He's just I a big star. I anyone besides my wife. <laughs> right. But he's, he, you know, he's becoming more Christian, mm. you know, and that's being, you know, a thing on, on uh, his show about, you know, dating or premarital sex and that he doesn't right. want to You can be a Christian without being that. a misogynist like Kirk Cameron. <laughs> it, it is possible. His movies yeah. are ridiculous. So, so it's very strange in that they are arguing about abortion. There's a lot of talking about abortion in the end. They have to debate it in front of the Supreme Court. And uh, it turns out Jamie Gertz has had an abortion. <gasps> Because she was raped. This was not expected in this movie. Um, Okay. But what's interesting is I actually found a piece from the Washington Post from 2016 uh, where someone talking about, you know, if the right wing wants to make, they make, you know, pure flicks or whatever, they make movies for their base, stuff like Left Behind or Saving Christmas. If they actually wanted to, like, start a conversation and talk to people who don't agree with them, they would do well to watch this movie. Because huh. it's heading into middle ground. It doesn't come down and say abortion is wrong always or abortion is great forever. You know, abortions for some tiny American flags for everyone else. But it, it finds a weird middle ground of basically saying there are a lot of complicated issues here and we should have a conversation about them. There are different priorities and all of this should not just be put on women and we shouldn't punish women. And... Kirk Cameron gives a summation of some of this stuff where he says something I never thought I would hear him say. Ooh, Ooh, he's actually acting. You see, I'm not saying that abortion is wrong. 
but not training the young to approach sex and contraception as everybody's sacred responsibility is wrong. Making one gender pay the price for our sins is wrong. <laughs> not valuing human life, born and unborn, is wrong. Holy shit. We oh. all have blackmail on Kirk Cameron now. Okay. <laughs> that accent should have been terminated. Yeah. It, it, it was. It was barred oh. by James Vanderbeek for Varsity Blues. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, I changed my mind. The, uh, the, yeah. the song choice for the trailer of Alphaville's Forever Young is perfect for an abortion saga. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, but it's it's so weird to have um I mean for a PG thirteen like teen movie That's... to spend a whole lot of time talking about like yeah killing the unborn and all precious life but also the rights of women and their bodily autonomy and the idea that no if we want to prevent abortion we should pre- we should have more birth control and that's coming from Kirk Cameron wow. which is the thing that I've wow. always said. Which, 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 by the way, like Sam and I used to be obsessed with watching those Kirk Cameron movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. that is not unlike the speech he gives it, the sanctimonious horseshit speech he gives in every movie mm-hmm. he does now, and it's so mm-hmm. weird. It's diametrically opposed to what oh, he would his beliefs now. That side is not interested in any kind of nuance. <laughs> that's yeah, gone. It's th- th- that's always thought like why why can't we find common ground on abortion in rebirth control? If you're against abortion, you should want. All the birth control availability in the universe that prevents abortion. No, I, there, that just means. Done. But no, no. There's something. There's something really fun. Uh, I'm. I'm really getting into conservative politics right now. I really think it's for me. Sure. Um, because the only thing I like more than denying abortions are mm-hmm. defunding schools for children who don't want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's really great. It just. It just so meshes together. Mm-hmm. It, uh, anyway, this show is not about <laughs> politics. Uh, my yeah. bad. Oh, I mean, it's it's not a good movie in the end, but it's freaking different. I mean, it's Dude, this a is weird, astonishing. Weird yeah. flex, bro. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but if I guess if you go back and watch some of it with that in mind, it's kind of like, yeah, this this is what politically polarized looked like then. Oh, that's adorable. So yeah, a, bu- a bunch of old people applauding at the end of three what, sentences. There was a priest in the audience <laughs> applauding. Yes! I, saw, and I was like, I don't know. This teenager makes this, sense. This doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> I had all the time in the world to think about this, but I never thought about that. And I'm a priest, and I'm at a college debate <laughs> competition. I have nothing to do. <laughs> Chair, this man is the winner. It's like that fucking Mr. Rogers testimony. Like, you just won the $20 million. Good for you, Kirk Cameron. Uh, uh, wow. Hard pivot. <laughs> hard, hard pivot uh, into cult wonderfulness. I, I've never seen this. Have you, Dime? I have. Um, I've never seen the I sequel to Chud. Love. Chud to Bud the Chud, uh, Garrett Graham, <laughs> Trish, Trisha Fisher, and Bianca Jagger. Chud to Bud the Chud. He's suave. Are you heterosexual? <laughs> He's charming. <laughs> He's... Different. Well, he eats people. I guess that could be interpreted as personality quirk. He's Bud the Chud, a half-dead decomposing humanoid, the result of a military experiment gone haywire. Colonel Masters, there was a reason that these creatures were kept underground. For instance, the little matter of the drug's cannibalistic side effects. Now he's loose on the town. Spreading the horrifying Chud disease everywhere. I'm so excited, and this and this is I I, I wanted to revisit Chud so bad since mm. seeing us because mm. it's it's mm. referenced very strongly in the film. 
What is it? What's the C for again? Cannibal? Cannibal humanoid underground, underground, underground dwellers. dwellers. Yes. I've never even seen yeah. it, and I know that. Oh, shut up, Sarah. You were, you were at the Chud website every day. It's true. Back when it still existed. It's true. Um, yeah. Chud.geocities.com. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, a lot of my affection for this movie is I love Garrett Graham. Mm. Garrett Graham is just amazing. I mean, he was a voice on uh, The Critic, one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. Uh, he has an amazing part in Phantom of the Paradise uh, as Beef. And, he, and and I was just he's a weird guy. I was just on his IMDb page yesterday, uh, like huh. following, just in a loop. He has one of the greatest IMDb photos because is he dead? No, I don't believe so. Well, then he chose the picture. Looks like someone showing him like, uh, "You want a cookie?" Just kidding! It's a spider. Ah! Like, that's the, that's what his IMDb picture Let is. Let me look. Uh, it, it, it is absolutely wonderful. It is not. It's, <laughs> it's black and white. I don't know what it's from. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks really upset about something. He does. He looks like he just got <laughs> he just got done running from something. It's not the, the greatest actor profile, which means like this guy's really cool. And I'm like, oh, he's in a bunch of stuff I like. I just never remembered his name. Mm. And he's playing yeah. like the the bub character. Um, yeah, yeah. He's we're playing by the Chud. Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, the the Chuds they tried to turn these yeah cannibal humanoid underground dwellers into uh like super soldiers so the government's involved and he's sort of loose and then uh he ends up with some college kids i think mm. it's sort of like we talked about the idle hands last week where it's like it's kind of a horror but it's kind of a comedy it's mm. more of a comedy it's it's odd it's an odd direction to take the idea of just like what if they're scary mutants that want to eat you i mean that was not so just like he's a party dude that was not uncommon in in this period this wonderful period of horror you have mm-hmm. your first movie that like we're going for some straight up scares and like we know what everybody liked let's just do the funny stuff mm-hmm. uh yeah the not everybody's george romero um mm-hmm. chud too baby Man, again, difficult pivot. (laughs) Uh, Burt Lancaster, Ray Liotta, James Earl Jones, Amy Madigan, Kevin Costner in a little movie, making dads cry for 30 years. Feel the dreams. If you build it, he will come. If you build what, who will come? You didn't say. I hate it when that happens. Me too. Who's your invoices? Ray is. I think I know what if you build it, he will come means. Ooh, why do I not think this is such a good thing? Daddy, there's a man out there on your lawn. Are you a ghost? What do you think? You look real to me. See, now I'm getting chills. I've watched this movie a thousand times, just not in like the last 20 years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys are all bored already by Field of Dreams. No, not bored. No, I, I, I think Field of Dreams is a, is a great damn movie. I, it was fascinating to see. I mean, this is a trailer. The TV ads are literally just like man on the street things, but they're still in the movie theater. And it's just <laughs> like wiping tears away. And like oh, that was wow. the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Well, it is like when really? someone someone was writing about like uh, we live in an age of fan fiction. Like when you see Goosebumps or the Muppets, it's like not about the thing. It's about a guy who's a really big fan of the thing who gets to be involved with the thing. Mm-hmm. This is happening 30 years ago. A guy's a huge fan of baseball mm-hmm. gets to redeem his, I don't know if his favorite baseball stars. But uh, yeah. the the people involved in the Black Sox scandal, the guys who took money to throw the game, right? Um, 
in some year I don't remember. I'm going to say the teens. Um, and then, yeah, 1919. Like, yeah, it, I think it, so. it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the, the trailer fills me with feels and almost makes me want to say, "This is is this the best Kevin Costner movie?" What? What do, what do you mean? What? Like, what's another one? Oh, you want slow wet kisses that last after after midnight? Yes, let's, let's, <laughs> I would prefer you want Bull that. Durham. Wait, yeah, Bull Durham is a fucking ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Why do you have so much affection for this movie? I think at the time I saw it, I was playing a lot of baseball, and I okay. saw how my dad. I saw how how much he was into baseball, mm-hmm. and like it. But like just looking at it, like this is such a weird concept. You don't mm-hmm. know who's saying if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And he ends up reconnecting this entire like he ends up connecting his entire community together, mm-hmm. and then redeeming all these baseball players who made one huge bad decision in their lives and were never able to Wait, play the game. Wait, he doesn't again. connect his entire community together. Well, he well he does. He's like there's all these town oh, folks that he's no. like. What? It, well, at the end. Yeah. 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 They all show up to the, the game. He builds sort a field. Of. He builds. He builds a baseball diamond that could be used for something. Unlike his stupid corn. It's gonna <laughs> uh, do get people diabetes. Fuck that shit. Baseball. Yeah. Make an Abner double day proud. When was the last time you saw this movie? It's been a while. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. I'll put it this way. I got this movie. I remember specifically. I, I very rarely remember how I got movies. Mm-hmm. This was one of four choices. At the McDonald's drive-thru, you could get for three ninety-nine back when VHSs were like twenty dollars. Wow! And you can get like, you can get Field of Dreams for three ninety-nine. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, we it was one of our few movies, so we watched it a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and my my dad was a huge fan, and I was sort of dug things my dad was into. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I should look at this harder if I don't get this. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. my sister that, loved that's it. That's a too. major theme of the movie mm-hmm. is the idea of like having trouble connecting with your parent or with your dad, especially and baseball being the thing that you can connect over. Mm-hmm. That is they they pound that on you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this movie gets a little it does get pretty treacly. It is incredibly like earnest and really moving and sweet and all oh, that. But I mean, even beyond that, if you're like me and don't really give a shit about baseball, um, it's still good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It still ends up being pretty watchable. Uh-oh. It does. Sometimes it comes pretty thick. So they're about to bury a few of the dreams. Like, yes. And <laughs> I, I, I won't go too hard because I know people have a tremendous amount of affection for it. And I think a lot of that probably comes from them sharing this movie with their family, mm-hmm. probably family their dads. Movie. For sure. And so I won't come too hard for this, but I. (laughs) (laughs) Do it, do it. There's some real story issues that I have with it that make no sense. The characters make choices that I am perplexed by. Who is whispering to him? (laughs) Yeah. And why? Not even the spiritual aspects, supernatural, Mm -hmm. spiritual aspects of it, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, the Kevin Costner's character is not a great dude. No. Hmm. No, well, when you find out yeah. about why he didn't have a relationship with his father, it's pretty shitty. Like ran off with his mother. He just he just stopped talking to his dad because he like turned into a snot nosed hippie and like you know stopped talking to him. Didn't talk to him, and then his dad died, mm. and he he never got around to like because his dad you know he he couldn't connect with him because he read a book by James Earl Jones's character. He said Vietnam good. I mm. said Vietnam bad. Yeah, we never spoke again. It, I would have been so I would have been on board maybe if it was An like a real issue. political <laughs> issue, but it really mm. wasn't. Mm. Um when he explains why he and his dad never spoke again. Mm. Um and then he like puts his family in great economic danger. Yes, he does. Mm, yeah. That's 
you know, I don't know. You don't know what it's like to be a man, to wake up with a giant heart on and just have to go tear down half your house and build something yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm not, I am not watching it in the correct context, <laughs> I think. And I will totally it's, own it's that. A, it's a weird boy movie. Because it's not, it doesn't, it, mm. I wouldn't say it alienates anybody. No. Um, but no. very male, very male aspiration. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, mm-hmm. men not being able to talk about their feelings. Yeah. I don't so, want to talk about I mean, about you it. could look at it from, from that lens. The problem is co- toxic masculinity. That, mm. You know, don't hold grudges. Don't no, just saying... be like, well, well, he better say he's sorry first or whatever. Yeah, that they stop talking to each other for like just the dumbest reasons. Yeah. Right. Well, now you said the magic words Sarah and I were me, talking so. about it, just the idea that go. like uh, Kevin Costner as a movie star, like how did we let that happen? Right. Like <laughs> he's not good and he doesn't even try. Right. And he's not Steven Seagal, so he can't even throw a punch. This is the so, most acting he has ever done. Right, right. That's why I'm saying it might be his best movie, because okay. like, Dances with Wolves is hilarious. Like, that's a lot of acting can't in the wait wrong direction. Can't wait till we get to that. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I'm not a... I, we don't, I don't come from a baseball family. Mm. We are a football family. My dad never really was They're into this movie. So, you know, mm. like, I, I never saw it as a kid. It wasn't mm. part of our... our our family movie. We're a deer hunter family. That's what we watch. <laughs> oh my Very god! Strange. Yes, I think strange. I've said that story before. No, no, that put was on the one with the longer wedding scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. We, my upbringing was strange, but uh, so yeah, I I came to this with fresh 2019 eyes, and I was. It's it's weird. This is one of those 80s movies I look at, <laughs> sort of like Beetlejuice, and like, how did you come up with the idea? This is so weird. Yeah, it's it, it, it's, super it's, weird. it's an American staple now, but like this is a weird story. Yeah, and it doesn't make a, a, a whole lot of sense yeah. or connect very well. No, that's the mm. truth. Yeah, I mean it's based on a book, I believe. Mm. But yeah, okay. it's one of those things where it's like you start picking at it, and it starts to be sort of odd. Yes, mm. I mean there's a lot of magic shit going on. That's just sort of how you write it off, I yeah. guess. But mm. yeah, but somehow you know it it can bring men the feels, and I think we. It's worthy of study for that to figure out how do we bring men the feels. That's okay. I mean, that's I'm okay with that's that. half of marketing on the internet now. I mean, it's <laughs> so. not like, you know, things that generally give women the feels are, you know, not treated with the utmost of respect in the society. Right. <laughs> it's, it's more like anytime you Everyone see... Everyone loves the things that make women feel... Uh, honey, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm waking up to get in line to buy a tiny Nintendo. Like that's what Feel the Dreams is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't mean just any emotion or happiness or you know wonder. What, but yeah, sort of the sweeter, wistful feelings of this movie. That's why part of why I think dads like it. Also, it's got Burt Lancaster in his final role, and it's a good. Are send-off you kidding? That's his final role. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I love yep. tiny Gabby Hoffman. She is the yeah. cutest. <laughs> the cutest. And a good little kid actor. I like mm-hmm. uh, Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At Ray's one point, good. he does the Ray, Ray Liotta laugh, and then, like, he killed me. <laughs> yeah. The one that's scary. <laughs> I'll just play baseball. It was all profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am so sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings by messing with everyone's sacred nah, car. Drew that sacred, shit out of you. Sacred cow, mm. but um, not for me. Mm. Not for me. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. So I think this makes a good double feature with Eight Men Out, which we had what not even last year. Yeah, not I, even a year ago. I yeah. mean, I remember which my was about the Black Sox scandal, and is really good too. That's the thing. I remember my dad explaining this to me. Like, uh, did you see Eight Men Out, son? I'm like, you're my dad. You you're responsible for every movie I've ever seen. No, I have not seen Eight Men Out. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, it's, this is like that. And like, so it's a sequel. Like, no, it's not a sequel, but like. It is interesting that like 
this movie that touched the zeitgeist, if you saw it, this movie will mean a lot more to you because you'll understand. Because they don't really explain mm-hmm. like more than like a sentence right. or two what happened mm-hmm. in the Black Sox scandal. I did a book report on it, I think based on this movie and how much my dad and I watched it. So I know a little Aww. bit of the Black Sox scandal. Um, feel the dreams. Anyway, uh, hard pivot. Here we are, movie-wise, pivoting the TV. But mm-hmm. movie-wise, uh, we are in an Avengers Endgame world, baby. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you when we recorded this, but I'm going to say number one in the box office, maybe. That's a fair bet. Uh, uh, love the scene when Rocket gets the Infinity Gauntlet and climbs entirely in it. I, yes. the universe at the end. So cute. I like the scene where Thanos crawls an Ant-Man's ass. What? Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, the first live action Marvel thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Aired this week for the first time. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I saw that I, I like as a little boy who was media obsessed and all you could do is pour over the free TV guide that came in the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was I love the Hulk. I've never not loved the Hulk. All little boys love the Hulk. He's great. He's perfect. He's a werewolf. He explains all their bad impulses. <laughs> um, and uh, there was there's a. There's a two-hour block with the word Incredible Hulk in it. What is this? And I'd never seen the show before, so this movie was boring as shit. <laughs> so, I, I was, can see that, yeah. It was, it was hard to watch, uh, but it is, it is notable for a couple things. Let's hear the promo real fast. Dr. David Banner created a beast, a beast that he can no longer control. Maybe I belong in a cage. Now imprisoned, he stands accused of committing the ultimate act of terror. I can't stand trial. You have no choice. Sunday, what begins as the trial of David Banner will end as the trial of the Incredible Hulk next Sunday. <sighs> he pushes over the whole jury box. He does. And, and now, like, um, when I had the over-the-air antenna, like, dude, HD Incredible Hulk up. Episodes from the seventies, the Bill Bixby one. It looks really good, <laughs> upresed. Mm. It's fun. It's it's super fun to get baked and watch that shit. Um, <laughs> but it, it is slow moving and not like any Marvel entertainment you're used to. Mm. And what it is notable for is two first, big first, uh, Daredevil. We get Matt mm. Murdock mm. for the first time ever in hit. Like that's crazy. We live in a world where there's been like three on screen Matt Murdocks. That wasn't the case in 1989. Yeah. And it is the first uh, uh, live-action cameo by Stan Lee. That's right. He's in the jury. He, he's hey. a member of the jury. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say shit, but uh, he definitely reacts very strongly to, the, the, <laughs> to, to Lou Ferrigno painting himself green and pretending to be mad. Um, but uh, Oh, nice. And John Reese davies is Kingpin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I've not seen this in well, forever. Well, as Wilson Fisk doesn't say Kingpin. Says Wilson Fisk. I mean, these are crazy fucking times where Marvel can't, they're begging people to make entertainment based on their properties, and no mm-hmm. one wants any of that shit. That's what Stanley's job is right now mm-hmm. to peddle that stuff around Hollywood, and he does a bad job. Uh, it, it, it's, pre- it's pretty insane to think about this world at this point. Totally because different world. I couldn't have been more obsessed with comics in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, Jesus, did I have to explain that? This is a TV, the, is it the final TV movie? Um, second to last. Okay, I think we get one next year too. A tr- uh, the the second in the trilogy of TV movies based on the 1970s show, The Incredible Hulk, where mm. the sad music comes from. I'm sure you heard it. It's in that mm-hmm. Edward Norton film. It's hilarious when that happens. And uh, yeah, about David Banner because Bruce was too gay a name. That what? <laughs> like yeah, that's literally <laughs> why they changed the name. <laughs> that was the name of the shark from Jaws. Come on, it was it was. Yeah. But uh, Johnny Carson couldn't say 
uh, gay words, that was kind of his shorthand. For real. Oh, like, good lord. For real. Okay. So like, the, the name Bruce was synonymous <laughs> with gay. Not so, kidding. Um, so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, this is that follow-up because I think in syndication, that show killed. Like the, like little kids who were obsessed with comics, the same... I was obsessed with Adam West Batman. It was mm. not campy at all to me. It was just... Batman on television. I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, uh, yeah, retur- it, it's awesome. It's awesome when TV shows get TV movies and aren't about police and procedurals. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yep. And this is, I mean, the previous one they tried is kind of a backdoor pilot, too, to see if the first one was to see if Thor, Thor would take yeah. off. You know, we couldn't, and, uh, so we couldn't this get... One they're trying to make. Make Daredevil a thing. We couldn't get Incredible Hulk off the ground. There's budget limitations. How about this Greek god who <laughs> flies and beats up everybody? That's 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 the thing we want to mount next. I'm still shocked that Thor is on screen because like <laughs> Thor is the is one of the hardest cells of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And You're everybody just loves waiting him. Waiting on a Hemsworth. Uh, yeah, yeah, love that man. Title love of that your character. autobiography. Uh, don't care for the Greeks though. Mm. Um, <laughs> Okay, anyway. Uh, the what eight. do the Greeks have to do with yeah, Thor? I don't think uh, it's a Greek god. Oh, it's not? Oh, Norse? Is it Norse? I am the person who yeah. knows the least about all of this. And I'm uh, pretty sure it's not Greek. Yeah, but this this sent me down a dumb rabbit hole just right? reading this information. On the 8th, Mur- Murphy Brown, uh, the episode Summer of 77 airs. Yeah. It's a flashback episode where she is competing for a news anchor spot. And her competition is Linda Ellerby. Who I have the fondest memories of from Nick News. I sort of do. It's just that like every time she had a half hour show on Sunday on Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and like, great, no Nickelodeon stuff for half an hour. Oh, I was like, oh, great. I'll watch this after I watch 60 Minutes with my parents. (laughs) But this this woman, I think she's a former Today Show reporter, Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. occasional like fill in host, but left the show to create her own production company. And then, dude, she like she was one of the only human beings who, who was on Nickelodeon for twenty years, mm-hmm. for twenty years, like the only human face. Yes, you have SpongeBob. We talked about that last week. But uh, Linda Ellerby was like kind of one of the synonymous faces with Nickelodeon, and the, that She's name. Like a kid's Walter Cronkite. The second I read that name, she she they won three Peabodies. Yes, for their work on Whoa. Nickelodeon News. <laughs> They're doing. It was such. If you think about the idea of Nick News, like what a great revolutionary idea to create a news program for children. I only read. I only read that one stat, and it was on the wiki, so I didn't do a ton of research. They won a Peabody for their coverage on Nickelodeon of the Monica Lewinsky Clinton scandal. <sighs> like, how do you oh. contextualize this for kids That's without? Phenomenal. Wow. Yes, without scarring them like for life. Watch some of it. Yeah. Right. So, like, holy shit! Like this woman, like, I, like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Right. Just because, like, she was around for so long. I didn't know she stopped doing the job in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but what uh, a great Murphy Brown is also a good show. I hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I see, <laughs> like I said, when I go through the TV, all the TV episodes, and I'd see who's a guest star, blah blah blah. Um, that one just stuck out to me, just because she was kind of beloved for me growing up with the news. It's like I can pretend to be a small adult by watching the news, <laughs> just like my parents. And and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't all pap. It wasn't all like uh, yeah. They yeah. No, they tr- they treated. The news series. Our next panelist is uh, star of the new movie Mac and Me. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't shit like that. Right. Um, and on the 9th of May, very notable mm. uh, TV movie CBS Murder by Moonlight. Yeah, I'll just uh, well starring Brigitte Nielsen. Whoa, man! Yeah. Gerald McCraney, Julian Sands, what? Brian Cox. 
All right. I'm pretty sure the promo tells you the whole story. Ooh. In the not-too-distant future, in a place not so far from Earth, a murder has been committed. <laughs> in less than two hours, this place is going to be crawling with Russia. I know that. They're going to bring in their cops. They'll bring in our cops. It is here that a Russian agent... The murderer will be tried by a Soviet court. No one will be allowed to leave this facility until this investigation is completed. And a U.S. cop... They've asked for help with a dead citizen. You're it. You have no jurisdiction here. Must work together. I've been observing your Russian. What's he like? He's got the instincts of a piranha and the teeth. To catch a killer. You know, you know, like fucking three years ago, yeah. we would have laughed at the idea that we're still in a conflict with Russia and space. <laughs> and like... <laughs> this, this promo, everything, it's, it's a TV really movie. Everything is shot in a very small room. Oh, yes. And it's supposed to be like a, a colonized moon situation where a murder occurs. And is it I, a Russian? A, What's happening? There's Russians there. There's Americans there. Who did the murdering? Bridget Nielsen. Bridget is, Nielsen's still a Russian. I've only seen Rocky Four. Yeah. And everything is just in a tiny, tiny room. It's, it's, I, I love this that. It's kind of ambitious for a TV movie. Right? Yeah. Bother. Yeah. It's just the idea that like there's a murder in space. It's space. Who cares? The, an entire civilization was wiped out in a galaxy I can't see. Like, I can't solve every murder in space. Like, like I, I'm an Earth cop. That's, that's what I do. Uh, but that is about it for television. To tell you what era we're living in, um, if you like Vietnam, you're going to love Operation Wolf. Uh, Operation Wolf was an arcade game that came with, like, uh, I don't know, what do you call this? Little T-shaped guns. Oh, man. Dude, I'm a, the gangster rapper's going to come at me. Tech 9? No. Uh, Mac mm-hmm. 10? You know what I'm talking The giant clip you hold, what looks like the clip. Yeah. In the arcades, oh, that's, that's, okay. that's what you had. And then it got ported everywhere with no light gun support. So you just had to, like, push left and right. And this is not, like, a first-person shooter. It is like almost literally an evolution of the carnival. Like here's a static screen. You will slowly move to the right mm. uh, and soldiers <laughs> and tanks will come out and you will shoot them. Be sure to shoot the soldier and the tank with the same gun. Mm. Um, but it finally came to NES and I loved it. And I was shocked to learn that it had light gun support because it was, it made it so much harder to play. <laughs> it, it made it so much harder to play when you, you when you put the light gun in. Uh, I did grab a little clip of the promo because nothing makes me laugh harder than Operation Wolf's uh, promotional materials. The terrorists have the prisoners. You're going in and hitting hard. Operation Wolf. You played it in the arcade. Now play it on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Fight your way past armored cars, gunboats, and a ruthless enemy. Grab extra ammo and power drinks because you're going to need all the firepower you can get. Operation Wolf. Only from Taito. The only game in town. Oh, Taito. They're one of my favorite companies. Mm. Uh, but I, it, it, it didn't say it. I don't know why I didn't watch to the end to make sure. that they, Verify that they did. But their flyer. Look it up. Operation Wolf. It's like, Taito was the coolest. Say Taito. Say yo. Say rap. Operation Wolf. Like, what? It's just a giant <laughs> thing that says say rap. <laughs> rap? Say rap. Just rap. say rap. There you go. <laughs> You've earned Operation Wolf. Here's my copy. Um, oh, okay. Please enjoy. All rest- I knew is that easy. POWs from Vietnam on the NES and 8-bit. Uh, but that is it for games. Sorry. That's the era we live in. Um 
Music for 1989. Uh, oh, Diana, you take this one. Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> is, yeah, Eurovision is again. Song Contest has Yugoslavia's first and only win with Riva's Rock Me. Okay. Is that a song we'd all or know? Or Yugoslavia. N- no. No. Well, maybe Yugoslavia. <laughs> yes. Or the former Yugoslavia. Whatever That's they part are of now. the problem is there isn't going to be a Yugoslavia for a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why it's their only win. Okay. And uh, sorry, guys. Wow. This week marks the 30th anniversary of Fish's debut studio album. Wow. And if you like mm-hmm. Fish's studio albums, we should fight because the live albums <laughs> are the only thing that matters. Harpoo! I had some fish friends. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I have no idea. No idea what any of that shit means. Uh, YEM dogs. I'm. That's the extent of my. Mm. You got to learn fish language. Sorry. Um, Kite by no. uh, Christine no, McCall. <laughs> Street Fighting Years by Simple Minds. Uh, wow, an album that I'm pretty sure Sarah could take every band member in a fight. Street Fighting Years. <laughs> uh, Big Daddy by uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Still got the Cougar in there. Dangerous Toy yep. self-titled debut and Kaleidoscope World by Swing Out Sister. Madonna's Like a Prayer is number one, which it should be today. It's really good. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but let's close out with Pop Singer by John Cougar Mellencamp. Once we see you again, it shall be 1999. Stay there. Are you losing your hair? Hey, hey, it happens, fellas. In fact, 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. But thanks to science, it's easier to keep the hair that you got than replace the hair you lost. Get ahead of the problem with Hims, your one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. And right now, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just five bucks while supplies last by going to forhims.com slash 30. That's the word 30. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional, and Hims helps connect you with real doctors who offer real medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No, no, no. This is not Grandpa's Miracle Tonic. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Even better, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits, and you can save hours compared to waiting in lines at pharmacies just by going to 4 Go to the website, you answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review it, and prescribe you what you need. And then the products are shipped directly to your door. See how much time do you save so easy? And that's to say nothing of how much money you can save by using Hims. Speaking of, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just 5 bucks right now while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. Remember, this would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So, go to forhims.com slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash the word 30. Once again, to get your trial month for five bucks, go to forhims.com slash 30. Time for a slow dance. Get your best school marm out, because Tim McGraw is bringing us in. But please remember me off of Place in the Sun. Mm. Uh, we were just watching the music video, and it looks like a reflection on the man himself as if he were dead. He's looking yes. at old <laughs> videos of him in the ocean. It also looks uh, like it's shot with an Instagram filter before Instagram <laughs> was created. 
That man's the smoothest face. <laughs> Tim McGraw for sepia. <laughs> bad Tim McGraw. Um, yes, we're in 1999. Obviously, he wants the natural filter. Sorry, I had to get that in. <laughs> I want Sierra all day, all night. I'm going to do a song, Love My Sierra. I'm not a good Tim McGraw, but uh, he is our, our leading man as far as music goes. In 1999, the week of May 3rd through the 9th. Here's some other new releases, though. Do you like Suede? A.K.A. London Suede. Oh. Uh, Diana yeah. thinks you do. So she let off with it. Yep. Head music. <laughs> That's out this week. The Ego Has Landed by Robbie Williams' U.S. debut. That album's I fucking great. I love that album. Yeah. That, we one played of my that fav- so much. One of my favorite music videos of all time mm-hmm. comes off that. Uh, First Come, First Serve by Cool Keith. Another great album. And Sonic Brew by Black Label Society. You're not going to touch no scrubs. What are you thinking, Tim McGraw? Get off this list next week. We don't have to deal with you. Um, 1999, a little bit of news, uh, Oklahoma Tornado, (laughs) rated F5 by John Cena, I'm just kidding, hits Oklahoma City, (laughs) Jesus, sorry, I didn't read the rest of the sentence, killing 36 (laughs) 36 and uh, produces the highest winds ever recorded, 301 miles per hour, with a, yeah, Plus or minus 20 miles an hour. It's so fast they can't record anymore. Oh, so it could be 280. It could be 320. Oh, oh, man. So uh, hopefully it was short. That's typically how tornadoes are. I don't know what's happening to our climate. Uh, it appears to be changing, although I I deny it because, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, my Republican mm-hmm. studies have told me to. Sure. Um, but sure. uh, we've had, Florida's had like... 16 fucking tornado warnings this year. Holy yeah. shit. Like, that's new. A lot. That is new. Um, anyway, let's get into the movies of 1999. Because um, this, is, this is a real toss-up. Because oh, yeah. like there's two big movies this week. Mm-hmm. And usually we pick the one that uh, the public has decided is important mm-hmm. uh, to talk about last. But I would say Election is the fucking keeper here. Election is one Hell of the best yeah, movies we've talked about mm-hmm. in weeks. Election is uh, Alexander Payne's masterpiece. So good. It might be one of my favorite movie of his. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think so too. Yeah. I, I think a couple of his movies, as he, he grows older, get more difficult to watch. But this mm. is just surreal enough and weird and funny enough. Mm-hmm. That and Ma- dark. Then dark. Matthew Broderick, so dark. Reese Witherspoon, and the perfect Chris Klein role. Perfect. It's who you think he is just by looking at him. <laughs> so true. Uh, and Jessica Campbell, whoever she is, election from 1999. We'll move on now to the presidential race with three candidates running. The first is Tracy Flick. One thing that's important to know about me is that I'm an only child. My mom is really devoted to me. She likes to write letters to successful women like Elizabeth Dole and Connie Chung and ask them what advice do they have for me, Tracy, her daughter. The next candidate for student body president is Paul Metzler. I just don't think somebody would do something like that on purpose. I think you did it. If you want to keep questioning me like this, I won't continue without my attorney present. I do not often speak with you and ask for things. But now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow because I deserve it and Paul Metzler doesn't, as you well know. Oh, I, I don't know. I really want to watch this like right now. Me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. I love this fucking movie, man. So it's, how how would you describe the story? A, oh, hmm. Because it's about Tracy Ooh. Flick, but told by Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's told by a 
everyone gets some voiceover, right. which was like uh, initially really annoyed me because I think like anytime casino? you do voiceover, you're being kind of lazy. Yeah. Um, but it ends up rewatching it. I realized, okay, no, it it does work because it's so much the internal thoughts that there there's no one they would tell these internal thoughts to. Right. So you can't do it in dialogue. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a good point. So every time I see it, I'm like, wait, does Matthew Bardock want to fuck Tracy Flick? Mm. He, he, he put he put the bubble over that head when he was he was angry. I th- yeah. But he hated her. Yeah. Like I just want. <laughs> I actually think about that fairly often, like that how that scene where he he puts the bubble like over his wife's head mm-hmm. while he's trying to impregnate his wife. By the way. Which adds another weird layer. Don't to think it. about it; never happens. Um, and yeah, I thought that was a very interesting choice and a very <laughs> real choice. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it made sense. And that's that's why like this movie's so disturbing. It's about an adult who hates a kid, who's obsessed with a kid, obsessed yeah. with a kid. Like that's the thing is that like he's he's truly is obsessed with her, which is makes it so dark and so but I, I get disturbing. it now the older I get mm-hmm. I do too. like uh, like the older you get and like he's he's at an impasse in his life mm-hmm. it's not over for him he's mm-hmm. Matthew Parker's how old at this point probably in his 30s <laughs> maybe his early 40s but early he's a 40s, teacher yeah. doesn't like his wife or his job that much and sees this overachieving girl and just really wants to take her down mm-hmm. and she is admittedly annoying who called her Leslie like the young Leslie Nope was that yeah. you Sarah yeah if she um, broke bad, if if Leslie Nope had broken if she, bad, if she, yeah, if she had, if she broke bad or like hadn't learned like a lifetime of politeness or had mm-hmm. a smile at your enemies, mm-hmm. uh, Tracy Flick. She's not uh, Tracy Flick is one of the greatest film characters of all time, and, and just I don't know. She's so good because she's so recognizable. Like mm-hmm. you know, someone who is not quite that, mm-hmm. but. You could see her the Funhouse Mirror version. Exactly, someone yeah. who is just such a little, a, a little Lebowski overachiever that <laughs> you just you just dial it up a bunch, and just they're trying so hard, and they so believe that if I do exactly the right things and I play exactly by the rules, I am owed this. Give it to me now, ah! And you you do kind of want to punch her, but you also have to kind of rec- respect the work. Yeah. And you and and respect yeah. the anger that she feels too when she sees this dopey dude mm-hmm. who has never had to work for anything and like is just like it is Paul Rudd running against uh, Leslie Nope exactly like- <laughs> that, oh my god exactly yes and and just the anger there where it's like she's done everything right she's lived her life the way she should the way that society has told her would set her up for success. And to see it all potentially be jeopardized by this ding dong, you know, is Language. just <laughs> pardon me, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm quite the rant here. <laughs> I just I recognize that anger. It's like it's palpable. Yeah, but she's still palpable. An, a wonderfully awful character. Yeah, she still is yeah, unabashedly she's still, annoying. She's terrible. Yes, and, and I think that's I don't know. I think that's I don't know. That's sort of a hallmark of Alexander Payne movies. Like everyone's kind of like openly flawed. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, but this one, I don't know, like it just, it moves so fast and isn't mopey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so much fun, man. It's, yeah. I, 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 I find it weird. This might be the movie that defines him. Or just because, I don't know, like the older he, I'm, I'm out of step with his age. Yeah. So like his next movie is Jack Nicholson's bucket list. Like, I don't or about Schmidt, sorry. Mm. About Schmidt. Like he did it, sideways too, right? He did. Yeah. He did. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not even there yet. Um, oh, I'm f- 
fast. Oh, I've had a sad drink in a fried chicken fast food restaurant. That's happened. Uh, but but like but this movie, I don't know. It's fucking perfect. Can I? This is something we don't talk about very often. But the clothing choices too for all the characters are really good. They are spot on for each character. Oh, you're right. The Matthew Broderick schlubby, I don't give Corduroys, a fuck ab- yeah. about how I look. I'm, I'm wearing what you told me to wear. Kind of like hate my job. the cool teacher, mm. like clothing option, but like, you know, kind of schlubby, still trying to look a little cool. I remember that when you see them out of like practicing guitar when they get home, like, oh, look at the teachers like mm-hmm. trying to rock out, like wearing their black t-shirts and there's ripped jeans. And she's <laughs> dressing the way that she imagines a Yale college student would dress, you know, and then, you know, Chris Klein with his like Letterman jacket and like baggy jeans. Yes. And stuff. It's just like the clothing choices. Are yeah, really it does, you're right. It actually does, it makes it so it doesn't totally stand out as completely 90s. Yeah. Because it's kind of errorless in the, in the two leads. It's archetypal. Everybody else kind of is very 90s. Sure. But this movie yeah. is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't think of a movie we talked about. Well, no, that's not true. But uh, this is one of, like, if we do a top 10 movies we recommend of the year, this would be on it. I love election. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even have to think about that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about how 1999 is an especially good film year, mm-hmm. and there's three movies that come to mind the second you say that. Um, the Matrix? This is the first one of them that we've talked about. Oh, so not The Matrix. Got it. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, The Matrix is damn important, mm-hmm. but when I think about movies that is is are oddball movies that people definitely look back on and be like, holy shit, what creativity. Yeah, I feel like uh, we got this one. We got one that involves punching, and we got one that involves uh, John Malkovich's head. Oh God, I can't wait. And I, I would yeah. even add to that uh, one that involves the Iraq War, and one that involves yeah. angels yeah. and demons and filthy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah, oh it's kind no, of my favorite Kevin Smith yeah. movie. It, oh, it is too. weird that as we we crawl through the year, we've had to go through an awful lot of crap. Um, but there've been space. some some Such definite highlights. Such is life, you know. There, yeah, there's there's been a bunch that have been sort of like, oh, hey, that's a surprise. Or, oh, yeah, I wasn't but, expecting that. In yeah, March thoroughly or unexpected. And I feel like this is the first the the first of the bigger ones that it's like, here's a serious indie movie. You can learn shit from if you're a filmmaker. You can learn shit from it if you're just a film viewer. There's so much to sort of pick apart with the characters. Mm-hmm. They're so well defined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know this movie. I remember. I know what you're talking about because I just remember I bought this. It was a Paramount DVD and it was bare bones as fuck, mm-hmm. and it had mm-hmm. like no special features. So I've always assumed from forever after Alexander Payne doesn't do special features, but I also haven't bought a DVD. That's not a Disney movie in a long time. Um, hmm. But then yeah. that, and it's odd for him to make this because I think his previous movie was Citizen Ruth, which is awesome. uh, the theme of the episode: abortion, um, <laughs> the rare abortion-based comedy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> also, so which good. Which is though. very, yeah, which is really good and just weird and funny and dark, and you get to watch Laura Dern huff paint a bunch. Yes, yeah. she, there, there's a scene in that movie that I've never forgotten where she has a fucking silver goatee from huffing paint. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. someone yells at her from a car, and she leans out the car window, flips them off, and I just want to get a gif of the subtitle, like, suck the shit out of my ass, you fucking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern. Yeah. I've ne- I've never put together that string of profanity at that point, um, and have ever since. But that's the weird thing. Yep. So in terms of, I guess, everyone, 
mm-hmm. I think the next movie was like one of the years, if not the highest grossing of the year, one of the highest grossing. Well, mm. eh, Star Wars, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, the, one the, a big surprise hit blockbuster wise. Everyone was like, "Oh shit, the summer is seriously in May now." Not the end of May, beginning yeah. of May. Mm-hmm. And so I would think big ass hit on our hands. I would give the most satisfying blockbuster award to the Mummy, which is number one at the box office over election. John Hanna, Arnold uh, Vosloo, and Rachel White, uh, and uh, Brendan Fraser, of course. Oh boy, what they did! Oh my God, it does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. Was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book. You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. So, like, I don't, I, I, I never liked this movie. Hmm. Uh, and I, I think that, I know that puts me in the minority, but I will say it is one of the best rides at Universal Studios Florida. It is. A hundred percent agree. It is in King Kong's bones. I'll never forgive it, but it's yeah. still objectively amazing. It's really good. Uh, and I never, and therefore I never loved the sequels. Uh, you know me, Di. I love the original Mummy and all its sequels. Yep. I, uh, I love the original Mummy too. Um yeah, this was one I was sort of like, oh, great. They're just going to remake classic shit, but turn it into an action movie. Bah, bah, bah. But they do a pretty good job. I mean, it's only vaguely related to the Boris Karloff right. mummy movie. Just the idea of he was a guy, he was in love with a woman, and uh, he now he was a mummy, and then he comes back looking for the woman. It's It's just Dracula. It's the same... <laughs> It's just Dracula. The mummy, the original Boris Karloff mummy, is just a better version of Dracula. Mm. Um, yeah, they action it up. They have some cool CG at the time. It was like, fucking mind-blowing CG. They're shooting at that dead guy. Dead guy parts come, but he's still, oh, he's still walking forward, and it's scary. But I like that they, they keep it, you know, very 30s. Yes. So they, go, they get some of that Indiana Jones vibe. You know, Rachel Weisz is, you know, even has, like, the weird eyebrows that you had in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Really thin, high eyebrows. Um and they just they keep it fun. It keeps moving along really well. Right. And um, I, I have, a lot of it's kind of dumb, but it's well paced dumbness. I have I've good I have fun. vivid memories of it, and I know objectively that I'm wrong. I remember hating the effects in the movie, and of course they don't hold up great that great twenty years later. The mm-hmm. sand and the scarabs look pretty yeah. pretty terrible, but like it's very well paced and like not like anything else being made at this time. It kind of redefined what what a blockbuster could be. And they did it with a property no one expected anything of. Mm. And I say that yeah. as we're living in the shadow of 2016's The Mummy, which, like, I still mm. haven't seen, which I'm the audience for that. I like Tom Cruise and the Universal Monsters. Never saw it. Yeah. Sarah hasn't seen it. Nope, nope Tom Cruise I haven't. Fan. And I love Tom Cruise. Nope. But love only goes so yep. far. And, and I, I think I think somebody did an excellent job with this property mm-hmm. in a way that I'm, I, I can't truly, honestly acknowledge. But uh, but I, I I understand from everyone else's perspective on it now a little better. Didn't The Rock get involved at some point? He did. Okay. Uh, the second mm-hmm. movie, Scorpion King. Gotcha. It's co-produced gotcha. by WWE Studios. Ah, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. No, the the sequel to this is pretty bad. The third movie we talked about, uh, where Yetis play football, um, <laughs> was fucking terrible. Dial M for Scorpion Mummy. Scorpion King. <laughs> all the yeah, all the, the spin-off type stuff. Mm-hmm. All of them. I, I don't know. It's like, 
I don't know if they're just aiming lower or what, but I mean, this is going for sort of, you know, two-fisted pulp fun at a time where, yeah, we didn't think of Brendan Fraser as an action guy, really. Like, okay. Thought he's a comedy guy. He just did Blast from the Past. What's he doing? Punching mummies. But, I will yeah. I will say he's on that I I don't have a DC Universe account, but I have watched a few episodes of him in Doom Patrol. Mm, so if you like yeah. Brendan Fraser, want to see his ass and him cursing a lot and playing oh. a robot, please check out Doom okay. Patrol. That shit is okay. good. Okay. Shit is good. I'm very oh, and, confused by that description. Uh, well, you want to be even more confused? How about Timothy Dalton as Professor X? Uh, there you go, Die From the Beautician uh, and the Beast? Yes, from that. From that, his most famous role in, in Beautician and the Beast. Can you tell my video store had that poster up for a long time? I can, I can. That's how it works. But the, 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 mummy, the mummy, I feel like, it, it deserves some award for 1999 because Star Wars obviously kicked the shit out of it, but nobody's expecting anything yeah. about the mummy. The mummy's the number one mm-hmm. for a long time. Like mm-hmm. it, stayed, it stayed in the mm-hmm. top spot for a while. And again, yep, only Star Wars is going to knock it off, and I think it's going to sit at number two for like most of the summer. If you if you want to see how weird competition with Disney is going to be, and how weird Universal is, like everything at their studio is like acquired or uh, someone else's property, and then there's like Jurassic Park next to the Mummy because that's the biggest <laughs> thing they made for years, for years uh, until Fast and the Furious. But let's move into television. Are you kidding me? NBC is having a wrestling night. Yeah, oh. so I was looking at, um, this is must-see TV, mm. and both of these episodes, so I, we haven't talked about Sunly Susan yet, at least mm. not in my tenure, because uh, guess what? It's kind of boring, and nothing, <laughs> it's not that great. It's no Carolina but, City, and they took that from us. But Sunly Susan has a two-part episode streak with a famous wrestler. <gasps> I pulled a clip from... What will technically be next week's, but we're only talking about only season one. So this is the better clip. So I pulled a little clip and you should be able to tell who the wrestler is, the guest here. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking for Hollywood Hogan. It's all right, Joyce. Come in, Miss Keene. What my other pleasure? Let me guess. You're going to a costume party? Miss Keene, every time I leave the house, it's a costume party. When I'm home, it's just me. Me and my bleach mustache and fucking mm. sh- shoe polish sideburns. Yeah. Hulk uh, Hogan, y'all. Dude, this is... Again, I'm not the wrestling expert, but like, mm-hmm. is Hollywood Hogan here? Like, mm-hmm. that is such a short mm. tenure in his career. Uh, uh, WCW forever. Was that a personality he had? It was. Okay. That was his, his heel version uh, of himself. I like, I don't need to do this because I'm famous. I'm mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fuck we, your vegetables. He never said that. Then we have a, <laughs> a Mad About You episode where uh, also has a wrestling oh, subplot. With a famous wrestler? Yeah, and so this is the fun thing. There's a famous wrestler here. There's also a guest star Mm -hmm. who I don't think most of us know who he is at this point in 1999. We all know who he is now. And part of the story is that... um, Chris Benoit. Who? No, never mind. <laughs> okay. Who? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Paul Reiser's best bud is managing this wrestler who is in a gorilla costume. So you don't get to see his face, but let's play the first clip. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Michael Buffer. Making his entrance to the ring from Sarasota, Florida, the Buffer. 
man is a macho, macho man. I want to be a macho man. That's good. What a fantastic! <laughs> yeah. What a fantastic first attempt at a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he Ooh, fights. Yeah. He fights uh, a man in a gorilla costume. And so I pulled this clip. So if you listen carefully, tell me if you can guess who this, whose voice this is. I'm gonna finish you off with my famous leg twists. Ah! Hey, hey, ah! Leave me alone, boss. Man, this monkey's dynamite. <laughs> his Achilles heel is his Achilles heel. Pal, it's not the time for riddles, okay? Just bite him on the back of the foot. Really? Yes. Is he basically a clean guy? Just do it. All right. <laughs> oh, that's my little weak place on the back of my foot. No. I, no, I don't, I don't hear it. I thought the screen mm. would give it away. It's Jeff Garland. What? <laughs> Do you know how? Do you know how fat Jeff Garland is? That I he you can't recognize him in a gorilla costume. Like like that he must have gained so much weight. He's all. I thought the scream like would do it. But that was Macho Man's signature move: biting the foot. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I do like his question. Is he basic? I like how he asks. Is he basically clean? Is he filled with beefy, juicy spice? Oh, Macho Man! I miss him literally every day. Every day he makes me happy. On the fourth of of February, we have the. Sad, but not unexpected news radio finale. And it is, yeah. uh, I did rewatch this just to like, um, I don't know. It got, I think it's, it's over credited with like, uh, what a surreal finale because, uh, they weren't canceled, but Paul Sims was like, this is canceled. Mm. And if it's not, I'm going to make this seem like a reboot for next season. So he, le- mm. he it starts out cliffhangery. Uh, Steven Root, who I've been yelling about how great he is in Barry, the, my favorite show on television right now. That's not Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Uh, uh, Jimmy sells the radio station and moves to New Hampshire and comes back and like, ah, it's actually really good out of here. I want to bring all y'all with me. I'll pay your rent. And he slowly converts everyone in the office to move to New Hampshire. Dave Foley's <laughs> character being the last one. Mm-hmm. And then he's they're like he's standing at the elevator with everyone else. And then he's just like, uh, that's it, Dave. You're... Want to come with us? You want to be here alone? He's like, fuck you. You're all wrong, 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 wrong. And the episode ends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, but yeah, it was it was supposed to look like a reboot that was never intended of moving mm. news radio to New Hampshire. It's very, very strange. Uh, Sports Night has its season one finale, which I... Called, what kind of day has it been? What Does kind that of sound day familiar to you? Mm-mm. Okay, so Aaron Sorkin mm. has... Named an episode, named an episode, what kind of day has it been in every one of his series that he's ever hmm. made? And I recognize it because it is the name of a big finale for The West Wing. Which one? Where uh, a big thing happens. What, the assassination attempt? Yes. I will spoil yeah, the yeah, shit of yeah, The West yeah. Wing yeah. at this okay, point. Okay, sorry. I love The West Wing so much. <laughs> I cannot wait till we can start talking about it. But yes, yeah, so it's, it's for the assassination attempt. He's used that for... Um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And the newsroom. And the newsroom. Oh, I love it when liberals rewrite history. Uh, right. <laughs> so apparently it comes from when Aaron Sorkin was writing, um, one of the producers for A Few Good Men mm-hmm. would start every day with, or end every day, sorry, with what kind of day has it been? Hmm. 
to kind of, you know, wrap things up. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting because I recognized it and I was like, what is he called? Does he call everything this? Apparently. That is very strange. Yeah. That is very strange. But like a sports night, a show that should have assumed it was canceled didn't like mm-hmm. the, the, there's no finality to this at all mm-hmm. that's what i was kind of shocked about because yeah. like they were always on the verge of cancellation uh they barely yeah. were able to get rid of their laugh track uh but sports night is a great show i i don't know i forget it's now. hard to revisit mm-hmm. i think feels a little hokey it does uh, but it, it was better than anything else on top it was better than that mad about you episode and that had the macho man in it i mean I have been bugging you for us to do a laser time about TV auteurs. Oh, yes. Because they exist. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's work, and I have a lot of feelings about. But yeah, I think that a lot of his stuff is kind of hokey to revisit, except for the West Wing. I think that only escapes it because the only thing that can take the amount of gravitas he gives everything is the presidency. Yeah, not trying to ascribe (laughs) it to a dick joke on SNL or... Yeah, or sports or... TV news. Yeah. yeah. Michael Jordan did yeah. make me think about ethics today. Right. Let's give a big impassioned exactly. speech. I don't know. I got to I got to go for an American president, mm. frankly. Sure. You know, basically the the pilot for the West Wing in a way that is it doesn't have as many of the Sorkin quirks. Mm-hmm. It's also it's like a wonderful fairy tale for liberals and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You will love the president newsroom. can just say, I am in love. Get out of my personal life. Also, I'm banning guns. And then everyone applauds him. Woo-hoo. <laughs> he lives happily uh, ever after. Yes. <sighs> um, and on the 5th, oh, someone did their bay a favor. Uh, Law and Order. Empire. The, the episode the episode is called Empire, not an episode of Empire called Law and Order. Do not get me confused. It's 1999. <laughs> uh, but Julia Roberts guest stars on Law and Order as a mistress who killed a guy with too much Viagra and then seduces de- Detective Benjamin Bratt, uh, who someone on our Patreon show says is from his hometown. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and they were dating at the time. Uh, right. So, wow. I, what was Law and Order sliding in the ratings? You got to do this for me, honey. You got to do this for me. <laughs> Because uh, Julia Roberts. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. no, I mean, it, it stuck around for much longer. This oh, yeah. Is, you know, Law and Order Mothership, too. Yeah. Um, it, it kept going, but this is, yeah. Anytime you can do that where someone famous is dating someone even more famous, yeah, you got to bring them in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the sixth. And playing a bad guy. On the sixth. Which is, you know, kind of different for Julia Roberts, so that's kind of fun. It's yeah. like, ooh. She's kind of a black widow. I don't know. Like, she was like the biggest movie star in the world, and I feel like I haven't seen her anything in like 10 fucking years. She's like, on an Amazon show right now. <laughs> there's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's why. Buried beneath uh, Bosch in the Amazon show with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> right. <laughs> Goliath. Excuse me, Goliath. Uh, on uh, an episode of Friends airs on the sixth, the one with a bowl. Yeah, this is a fun episode because most of the gang is trying to keep. A game, or most of the gang is trying to keep a game going where they are throwing a ball to each other for over the course of hours. But I pulled this because this is the last episode of Michael Rappaport's. Oh, I'm happy. (laughs) And so you, I know you had referenced this earlier, so I made sure I grabbed the the clip. He finally. uh, Who is he to the show, though? So he is dating Phoebe. And she deserves so much better. He's a cop. She does. Yeah. And she he finally convinces her to move in with him. They find an apartment together. And so this is one of the last scenes of the episode. I really like waking up with you. I like waking up with you, too. Oh, it's such a beautiful morning. I could stay here all day. That would be great. 
We could have breakfast in bed. And... Wait just a second. Okay. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm not a huge Friends fan. That's excellent. Right? He just pulls out a gun and shoots a tweeting bird. Yeah. Um, it's such a great way. Yeah. Let's just undo this real fast. Yeah. Oh, no. And it had built for several episodes, and then all of a sudden, that's it. That's, yep. that's we can just go back to status quo next week, and no one will ask anything. Yeah. It's just, yep. It's pretty obvious. He's psycho. Oh, it's up there with Larry David sleeping with that actress, then sees a picture of George W. Bush. He's like, I can't. I, I can't. Season arc over. <laughs> I can't. Um, on SNL that week, on the 8th, wow, you should read this because you wrote the sentence. I'll read uh, it. Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ricky Martin with an appearance by Monica Lewinsky. The most 97, <laughs> the most 90 sentence not, ever. Not easy, right? It's so hard. <laughs> uh, it's very hard shit. to cold read. <laughs> um, and on the 9th, CBS Sunday movie, The Simple Life of Noah Dearborn? Yeah, I feel like I watched this movie in school at one point. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's a story. It's starring Sidney Poitier mm-hmm. and Mary Louise Parker. And he owns a farm in a small town and he's a carpenter. And Mary Louise Parker is a psychologist who's hired to prove that he is not, doesn't have his capabilities uh-huh. so that. Not, Some evil sad. assholes can buy his farm. Oh. It's very treacly looking. Hmm. Who's that? Noah Dearborn. He's a carpenter god. He was a simple man. I'm a simple man. He's a miracle. He's totally uncontaminated by modern life. It works, my life. Who led a simple existence. I've been breaking furniture for 20 years just to get him to come and visit me. Every time I come here to mend something, there's a hot pie coming out of the oven. Some say when God comes down to vacation on Earth, he stays at Noah's. Until one day... We're prepared to offer you $300,000 for your land. Take it! Take it all! Take <laughs> right. it all! Moving to, move to a great condo with a cool pool mm. that someone else takes care of. Uh, and on NBC Sunday Night Movie... Guaranteed not to be as cool as it sounds. Right. The Hunt for the Unicorn Killer. No, it's not Harry Potter 3. It stars Tom Skerritt. Yes. <laughs> and Kevin Anderson and Naomi Watts. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, it's the story of um, Ira Einhorn, who is a 70s activist and was one of the co-founders of Earth Day, who apparently murdered his girlfriend and then was later For convicted. For not acknowledging Earth Day? I hope that's what it was. <laughs> he ran away, left the country, and was convicted in absentia. Ooh. Yep. Yes. He hid out in Europe for like 20-something years. Mm. Yeah. It was just big pain in the butt about weird finding story. him, extraditing him. Yeah, Crazy story. That Fuck is- that guy. That is nutty. And uh, for video games this week, not a lot of notable shit except for one really big thing that I, I, I do love researching the show sometimes when I can go back and look at mainly just IGN because Games, GameSpot didn't uh, document stuff very well or maintain their uh, archives very well. Um, IGN has articles talking about rumors about the new Nintendo system 20 years ago. Uh, Nintendo is officially... They have confirmed through anonymous sources, started working on a, a project called Project Dolphin, 
of course, dorks will realize that is uh, the system that would go on to become the GameCube. And IGN also says, and I quote, management is claiming better graphics than the PSX2, which is something no one called the PS2. Uh, (laughs) A a Nintendo insider told IGN64 when they had separate tabs and had to refer to themselves as separate websites. Uh, Supposedly it will run on DVD, but that's still a big maybe at this point. Hmm. At this point, Nintendo, they kept with cartridges a lot longer than everybody else. So... Every game manufacturer would have to pay them to buy their proprietary mm. stupid cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have a hard time pirating it. They fought disc forever because they thought you would be able to pirate them very easily, and they were right. Uh, and so it, this is the compromise. No, our system is going to be the one that doesn't play DVDs, unlike PS2 and Xbox, but it'll be on a mini DVD, and you can't copy that because you don't know how to copy mini DVDs. Oh, what? You figured it out? Never mind. We made a bad choice and doomed our system for the entire gen- <laughs> generation. <laughs> But yes, that'll take us out of 1999. Uh, let's close out with I'll Be Your Teacher by Mandy Barnett from Election. What? That's not what that's oh, If You'll Be My Teacher yeah. uh, by Mandy Barnett from Election. And when you see us again, we will be in 2009. Stay right there. Long before the school bells chime, I'll be there ahead of time just to see. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. There will definitely be spoilers coming, and I got one of the greatest people ever to participate in a, a thought barrage on Endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baker. Wow, that's that's quite the intro. Greatest people ever, um, dude. But just, you know. but I'm so I have so many questions about the Marvel universe. I've been texting with Brett. He asked me to relay some of his thoughts, but I just wanted to get the, get it out immediately because one, I, I didn't feel Endgame was coming. Again, I'll, we'll keep the spoilers light for the beginning, but you really shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen it. The promotional materials don't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I love it. It's it's crazy. I've never seen a movie hold so like hold so many cards back in its promotional materials. And I wasn't truly excited about the movie because they weren't really showing us what the movie was. I think there are about there are over a hundred surprises in this thing that you will not see coming. Yeah, every few minutes, and you know the the, the plot goes places that. You know, even if you know the comics, there might be like things where you think something's going to happen because you know the comics and then it doesn't. Above all else, though, it's just a good movie right. that is, uh, you know, kind of the perfect way to cap this whole 11 year journey we've all been on. Right. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Mr. 
this is internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's something worth a watching. And for the week of May 3rd through 19th, oh my yes. Uh, we have a very timely pick here because May 4th, 1944 saw the release of George Cukor's film Gaslight, starring Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer and Joseph Cotton. Um, Angela Lansbury's only 18. She's in it. That's kind of cool. She's she's awful cute back then. Anyway, uh, Gaslight is adapted from a play, and it is about uh, a woman who's being convinced by her husband that she's going nuts because they have gaslighting because it's old-timey times. And whenever you turn on a light in another room, it makes all the other lights dim a little bit. And she keeps thinking that the lights are dimming and someone's in the house turning the light on and they're stalking her and something's going on. And her husband's like, you're crazy. That's not what's happening. You should listen to me instead of believing what's before your own fucking eyes. And... You've been hearing this term a lot in the last three years because uh, it's been happening on a national scale where people are telling you what to believe instead of your own lion eyes. And that's where the term gaslighting comes from. So, I mean, it's a good movie. It's really tense. Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer are always great. Uh, George Cukor is a great director that I wish I wish he was coming up more so I could recommend more stuff. But I mean, this, besides being so damn timely, uh, and such an important term to know for, like, in abusive relationships or with a shitty boss or with a president and commander-in-chief who will do something and then tell us, no, you didn't see us do that. No, we saw you do it. We, I literally saw you make fun of that reporter who, who's got a disability and then say, no, he didn't. So, Gaslight from 1944, it's an important term to use, and it's a good movie to watch. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Bringing you into 2009 with Love, Sex, Magic, off Fantasy Ride by Ciara, featuring Justin Timberlake. Who the fuck is Ciara? Mm. <laughs> and how does she know Justin Timberlake? I mean, are their parents friends? Up on him. Yeah. How did he get this? Is, this? is this a Rockwell, Michael Jackson situation? I've, I've never heard another song by Ciara. One two step. You've never heard of one two step. I mean, obviously, I've heard of one two step. Okay, don't well, tell anyone. One two step. Don't embarrass <laughs> me on the show. Um, okay, uh, that's not that's not the only new music releases. Ha ha! Here's my bag. Cracker baby, new album by Cracker. <laughs> True words were never spoken. And I've seen twice. Um, Sunrise and Land of Milk and Honey. Uh, Primary Colors by the Horrors. That's out this week, 2009. This week being May 3rd to the 9th. Uh, for the Lions by Hatebreed, because uh, I says so, the second album by the reunited New York Dolls. Uh, Sandwich by Psycho Stick, Actor by St. Vincent, uh, and Road Singer by Youssef, formerly Youssef Islam, formerly Cat Stevens. Meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such, I, like, I don't mind like you finding religion, but Cat Stevens was a really cool name. I, like, can, I, can I have it so if you don't cool. want it? Um, <laughs> Uh, boom, 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 pow! By the Black Eyed Peas is and always will be number one, even when, even now, even this week. Never, ever be another one, ever. Movies of two thousand nine, uh, May third to the ninth. Ooh, Adoration, 
Devin mm-hmm. Bostwick, Rachel Blanchard, Scott Speedman. Did anybody From see the Scott Felicity? Speedman movie? <laughs> uh, well, it's not really a Scott Speedman movie. It's an Adam Agoyan movie. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the the writer director, and he's done some pretty good movies and some that are just sort of okay. I mean, he's as as Canadian filmmakers go, I'd say he's one of the top ten. Hmm. But um, this is uh, a drama about. Uh, it's kind of complicated. It's, this guy um, is telling, or he's this guy is hearing this story about a terrorist who like gives a bomb unwitting to to his unwitting fiance who's pregnant, and then this guy sort of tells a story that it's it's really about his dad, and then it becomes sort of this lie that people tell, and then it becomes this complicated thing. It's really hard to explain, hmm. but is- it's it's about family and inter-family relationships and people viewing other people as potential terrorists and not connecting with your dad and it's, oh it's complicated so i'm not going to force you to describe the next movie either uh i'm going to try okay. and guess based on the the, the title powder blue mm-hmm. this is uh-huh. either about a uh team of snowboarding friends mourning the loss of one of their own sure or okay. it's about blue cocaine so am I right on either front? No. Damn it. Uh, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Biel, Forrest Whitaker, Patrick Swayze, Ray Liotta, Lisa Kudrow. That cast seems like... No, hey, they were never in the same movie together. Cast. <laughs> I know, it's a crazy cast. And it's Patrick Swayze's last film. Wow. Which is kind of a bummer, but it's it's like interlocking stories on New Year's Eve, and there's like people dealing with death, they're being suicidal, and yeah, it's just a ridiculous... Ridiculous cast, and no, it's supposed to be terrible. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> two hundred like, cigarettes with worse music. Yeah, but it's like how I I always wonder about this. How does a movie that like ends up bad? And sometimes you watch a bad movie, and it's like this is clearly this is going to suck. Like your screenplay mm. sucks. <laughs> how did you get all of these people? Uh, I don't know. How it's a good movie to know for your six degrees of separation game. This is true. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. can. It's a good connector. You can connect it to the last two decades of things we've talked about right now. Exactly. Friends and Field yeah. of Dreams. Yep. Yeah. Um, love and Dancing. Love in Dancing. Like a uh, rock title. and roll. Mm. That's an N. Uh, capital N with an apostrophe starring Amy Smart, Tom Malloy, and Billy Zane. I'm guessing this is also terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, it has pretty terrible reviews. Good. It's uh, a ballroom dancing movie. Oh, oh. oh man. Let's move on. Uh, Little Ashes, uh, starring Javier Beltran and Robert Pattinson. We have a little clip of that trailer. Little Ashes. Salvador Dali. Interests. Construction of genius. Who's genius? My own. Federico Garcia Lorca. This man is a genius, a great poet. Luis Bunuel. Spain is rotting from the inside. There has to be complete revolution. Three friends living without limits. Morality, immorality, good, bad. We have to smash that to pieces. Two lovers. I feel like us making fun of Robert Pattinson forced him to make stupid movies like this. No, I feel, I remember (laughs) when this came out because people were pretty shocked by the twilight guy coming yeah. out with like a movie like this he made no real conventional choices except for remember mm-hmm. me which is fucking hilarious mm. <laughs> uh, oh, i'll yeah. spoil the ending oh, for God, you that's right 9 11 uh, oh <laughs> that no. was hilarious yeah oh boo it's it's hysterical yeah 
Uh, yeah, but- he makes a lot of very strange choices, and just the idea of like, I really love the idea of a bunch of like teeners showing up to this. Me too. Like, oh my god, is that great? <laughs> they don't know who Salvador Dali is. They don't know what the Spanish Civil War is. They don't know about Gabriel Garcia Yorca. There's going to be a bunch of gay stuff going on. Um, <laughs> I know. So exciting. I'm I'm hoping some learn. So something. I like the scene where he sucked that guy's dick in Paris, Spain, <laughs> Emily. Um, um, <laughs> Anyway, I mean, yeah, it sounds like uh, people were not too big on on this movie. I mean, it's an interesting story. I probably there's probably books about it that's better. There's probably a paragraph in Wikipedia that'll be more rewarding. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I I do like that Pattinson is is more buggy eyed than we give him credit for. They really, <laughs> I, really give uh, him my sure. buddy's easy. He got crazy eyes. Good. If you've never seen the movie Good Times, it's 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 a laser time subject I've always wanted to explore. Movies that take place in one day. And that's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite recent one day movies. Mm-hmm. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, in a good way. Mm. Holy shit, a lot of bad stuff happens. If you like bad things happening to Robert Pattinson, that's your, that's your movie. I was on Amazon Prime last I checked. Um, yeah. Is Donald Faison really starring in a movie? He is. Mm, I love it. Good for him. Next Day Air, also featuring Lauren London, Mos Def. Is that his name still? Uh, Darius McRae, Mike Epps, uh, Wood Harris, and Debbie Allen. People. My bad. Good thanks. Good thanks. 24 hours. Good morning. Good morning. That's what I'm saying. Only one way to survive. Ah! School's up. Recess is over. Think inside the box. Yo, what's up? I dropped the box off here. It's the wrong address. Uh, so do you have it? Well, we, we did have it. I don't know why but this is the movie of 2009 and most interested in seeing at this mm. point uh yeah this looks like a fun one day movie mm-hmm. looks like mm-hmm. a a courier drops off the wrong package and is held at gunpoint to try and get it back and uh yeah. once the wrong recipients realize what's inside it they don't want to give it back and i don't know what that is now i'm intrigued all right uh, mm-hmm. yep uh no he he drops off a giant <laughs> box full of drugs just at the wrong apartment <laughs> And the people he drops it off to are like, oh, shit, this is full of drugs. Let's go sell this and then we'll have money. And then obviously it was meant for someone and everyone's got guns and wackiness ensues. <laughs> uh, speaking of wackiness ensuing, fucking Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Star, uh, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, John Cho, Zoe Saldana, Leonard Nimoy, Eric Bana, Anton Yelchin, and uh, Simon Pegg in uh, Star Trek Reboot. Father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives, including yours. I dare you to do better. Enlist in Starfleet. You will experience fear. See how the Dark Knight score ruined movies for a little while. Mm. Star mm. Trek. Blah, blah. Like yeah. we have so many good themes for this thing. Uh, yeah, I I'm bumped because this this is one. This and the Mummy were both movies. It was really hard to find something with talking because they're just showing the spectacle yeah. and the action stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was bummed I couldn't find one that has like a really good chunk of the score for this because oh my god, I love the score of this movie so much. <laughs> Guessing wow, Michael, Michael Gucci, yes. is the raddest dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's amazing. He's been doing the new Star Wars movies. I uh, did the Incredibles. All the Pixar um, movies. Almost. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. and his score for this is just my favorite thing about it. Mm-hmm. And I actually like this movie. I do too. It I, I have super weird emotions. And I'm not a huge mm-hmm. Star Trek fan. I'm not like a diehard Trek Trekker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an Orville man. No, mm-hmm. I, I like, uh, <laughs> it's just that like I don't have a ton of connection with the original series like at mm-hmm. all. But I do get madder at the cop out Double J decided to do to separate this universe yet keep it the same. I you think see, I, that's bullshit. I like that. I like them saying we are not rewriting Star Trek. Mm-hmm. This is not the same Kirk. It's not the same Spock. We're we're in a parallel universe now, basically. Except mm-hmm. that they are when they bring those characters into that universe. That becomes their story. Their story becomes J.J. Abrams' story. Yeah, but and, they're not. They're basically they're they're not saying that this is a do over because I mean this movie starts with uh, you know everyone going to Starfleet Academy and they're not saying that Chris Pine grows up to be William Shatner, except that he does. And I've never seen the third movie, but the second movie, eh, okay. the second movie is like uh, I hate this movie. This mm. movie is fucking terrible. Mm. But Chris mm. Pine has grown into himself and is really mm. really 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 fun to watch mm-hmm. and he's. He's mm-hmm. found some way to be like this new Shatner, to be like really funny and v- handsome and schlubby at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, like seriously, like he and he starts getting cast in comedies after Star Trek Into Darkness, which is terrible, hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. All J.J. Abrams movies based on like weird marketing. This isn't con. Don't, yeah, it is. Nobody we can tell. I never tell anyone my name, and when I tell everyone my name, <laughs> you will never guess my name. And my name is Khan. Yeah. Music swell. Like you built, you built a yeah, score yeah. around that moment, Ugh. and then you just yeah. reverse the ending of Star Trek Two. Yeah, um, let's yeah. not. But we're not talking about that. We're not. No, we're, we're not. This no, we're talking about this one, and because of time travel shenanigans, we can have Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto, and Leonard Nimoy can ease us into the idea of no time travel means parallel timelines. So somewhere in another universe, mm-hmm. all the Star Trek you love is happening, mm-hmm. and left alone. We're somewhere else. We're going to play. It's going to be different. Except for and Leonard then, Nimoy then, being taken away from everyone he loves and dying in that universe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I like that they did that instead of just being yeah. like, you know, just just overwriting everything, just being like, hey, you love, you really love that Kirk, huh? Well, <laughs> you want to see how Kirk got to be Kirk? Here's how he got his hat. Like, Kirk didn't I have really... a hat. Why are you doing this to me, movie? No, that's how Kirk got his hat. I really, really love this voice. Like, <laughs> honestly, that's kind of the voice I use to represent my dog when I'm talking to him. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Diana, can I have a bear? (laughs) (laughs) He really really sounds—he sounds like a like a hockey player in sobriety. Like it's 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 fantastic. Uh, (laughs) I really want walkies. Okay. Anyway, it's just like uh, I I feel like another thing, and again, I'm not. The guy who should be arguing in defense of Star Trek. Mm. I haven't seen every episode of any of the shows, mm-hmm. but I do feel like the show is better served on television, and the movies are like rewards for a television show that's run its course, and then you get these additional things. This is just rebooting. They've never really done a reboot before, and I just, it, I, that, I love the cast. 
Everyone mm. in the cast, the cast is amazing. Is so good. Carl yeah. Urban is one of my favorite people in the universe. Anton mm-hmm. Yelchin, mm-hmm. that's a celebrity death that bums me out. The more, and I try not to think about it. Yeah. Because that dude didn't do shit. Right. <laughs> except, mm. except buy a Jeep. <laughs> like, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's the it, worst. That dude should still be with us. And yeah. he was awesome in Green Room. Um, but, but like, I don't know, man. Like, this, this rubs me all the wrong ways. So I'm kind of... Maybe I'm the worst to talk about this mm-hmm. because Sam brought Star Trek to me. I had ne- I had mm-hmm. never watched a single episode of anything or any of the wow. movies until Sam and I started dating. And over the course of our relationship, we've watched um, we've watched um, Deep Space Nine, Next Gen. Yes, Deep Space mm-hmm. Sa- Deep Space Nine, Next Gen. Which has a documentary coming out about it about how it took 20 years for people to discover why it's great, why they didn't do the same thing. Why, right. why going a different route would end up being more rewarding and worth revisiting more. I think these movies aren't hmm. worth revisiting. That's the thing, though, is that I'm saying I'd, I mm. like all of it. Yeah. Like, I, I I feel like I should be excluded by some gatekeeper because mm. I don't know, like, all the mythology that well. I just mm. enjoy the universe so much. So, like, mm. almost any exposure I have to it, I'm like, this is a universe, this is a family of characters that I really enjoy watching in almost any incarnation. I'm just a... I'm just a very casual fan, and so I, I love this movie, and I I kind of am just like, yeah, this is great. I, I, I just s- like being exposed to it. I don't have a lot of the like attachment. I have emotional attachment to it because I enjoy it so much, and mm-hmm. I enjoy the world that it's created. But I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of like anger about like. Oh, I just think this this doesn't expand on the universe very much, and I would I would have preferred if you were going to reboot that series with this cast, mm-hmm. you do it on television. Hmm. Instead, we've had three movies no, in you ten can't years. Afford to, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need Captain Kirk jumping out of a fucking like hitting terminal velocity while jumping into a planet every episode. That no Star Trek needs that. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, I love the Onion article that came at the time. Like, fans upset there aren't enough boring Senate sequences. <laughs> and, and like, um, uh, but I don't know. Like, I don't. I, I never found anything super likable or revisitable about this. And like, my friends who do care really hate the third one mm. which is, mm. is sad because i don't want to dislike simon Pegg for any reason because he wrote it yeah uh, uh, he, yeah i i mean this movie it's fun it has pretty obvious flaws um there is there is a little bit of this ain't your daddy star trek going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and eric bana is the most forgettable villain yeah oh totally ever villain yeah um and i feel bad because i like eric bana and they just, yeah. There's just nothing very interesting about him. You'll you never just kind of forget he's there. Never hear me talk shit about Chopper. Never. But <laughs> yeah. uh, and Winona Ryder as Spock's mom, like in there for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. I don't know. Like I, I didn't even turn to like J.J. Abrams until like Cloverfield and Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. like looking at this movie, this is a basic criticism, but you've heard it a billion times. But you maybe haven't heard it in ten years. No, mm. this guy should make Star Wars. That's the movie he wants to make. He doesn't want to make Star Trek. He wants to make Star Wars, and he was a good fit. And uh, and and I don't know. Like this is. I love the complicated nature of of Star Trek Mm -hmm. and uh, the 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 smaller focus on action sequences. And Mm -hmm. I think this is a little ridiculous because it turns everybody on the Starship Enterprise into John McClane. They're just unfit people who are untrained who survive every accident. <laughs> Giant falls, massive explosions. The ship is constantly destroyed, uh, which Star Trek fans take giant issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
yeah no they they do lean into the action and uh everyone's always made fun of the lens flares which yeah i don't know if i'd want to hang out on that bridge because it's it's gonna give me a headache um but zoe saldana gets to fuck people up and True. sass everyone and True. not take anyone's shit and that makes me so happy like oh finally or was not like the secretary. I feel like you ladies aren't giving enough credit to a thick bones uh, as Carl Urban. <laughs> like, that no, shit, like you that said, shit should I, I really like. I think they did a great job with casting. Yes, yeah, Zachary mm-hmm. Quinto is great. John Cho's fine. I mean, he doesn't really get as much to do. And Simon Pegg is yeah, it's perfect. You'll mm-hmm. never it's have the there. creepy cadence as fucking George Decay. Yes, sir. Like, uh, like, well, yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, they turned him into a little more normal. It's just um, weird. I think yeah. when we look back on Star Trek, I think he's got a great voice. This will be a blip in the timeline. We'll talk about the importance of Voyager and like uh, an Enterprise at some point. Uh, relatively short-lived series compared to the other stuff. I don't think we'll talk about this that much. Like, mm, I really no. don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it moved the series forward. I don't think it, maybe it helped people rediscover the series, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, given how well, one of the things that it did for us is mm-hmm. that we took our stepson. Mm-hmm. We or we didn't take him to see it because he wasn't old enough at this point. But we showed it to him mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, and that's kind of started the conversation for us to be like, "Well, is he, there more of this?" Yes, <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> okay, calm down. <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining the moment. Calm, I, calm I, down. I, where do I buy a son? <laughs> you like Legos? There's a whole land. We can go anytime. <laughs> So, I mean, if it if it serves that purpose, that's great. We're down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't shit on it that much. But, like, uh, really didn't like the second movie. And I heard the third movie is even worse. Um, yeah. and, and this it, one, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not even saying it's great. I'm not saying it is Star Trek in a way. It's, but it, it's enjoyable. Very enjoyable. I yeah. agree. I mean, it's just... It's, I don't even know if I can recommend if I can call it a recommend because I feel like eh, most people have probably seen it and if you haven't seen it you're probably not gonna yeah ten years yeah but <laughs> kind of like if you, if you think Star Trek is like super super boring then this is probably the Star Trek that you would like more exactly I mean, but that's that's I came into I probably didn't see an, an uh, episode of the original series until I was over twenty five mm-hmm. it's awesome mm-hmm. it's awesome hey. What? Oh, I thought you said awful. No, it's awesome. Like, and I didn't, yeah. and, and, and I started watching TNG in full instead of just an episode here and there at the same mm-hmm. age. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I can't, and I'm yep. actually like dying to watch Deep Space Nine and really like the Orville because it stole a lot from both those shows. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I don't feel any of that for this. Oh, and I love that. I always love the Star Trek films. I was taken to part four on a field trip mm-hmm. because it was about whales. Therefore, in a much smaller world, that was educational. <laughs> so uh, we, I think you'll be talking out of the other side of your mouth in a couple months when we get to the worst Star Trek film. It, yes, yes. But uh, I've read so much about it and poor William Shatner. I, wait, mm. I thought we already covered the worst Star Trek film, Insurrection. Uh, ooh. Mm-mm. No, I, 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 I remember some no. strong feelings about that one. I, I don't know. Like, Oh, that's terrible. Oh, it's definitely the worst <laughs> Next Generation movie. Okay. Oh, you think it's worse but than I don't think five? it's the worst movie. Hmm. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. I think Star Trek five. I love few things more terrible. than Star Trek two, three, and four. Like, I love those fucking movies mm. so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, and part six actually yes in first contact yeah, all six, that stuff six is actually pretty good um I don't know I don't know I'm not not into this and just not into the idea of like rebooting the characters here uh, TV is where they belong 
Is that is that weird? I feel like I'm unevolved. No, I that. feel like I'm weird mm. for being like I just like. I just like seeing these characters. I'm not really mm-hmm. like married to. I love every actor in, in like like Zachary Quinto. What whatever him and Chris Pine did in the second movie, I think they found this is perfect and a unique spin at the mm-hmm. same time, mm-hmm. and it's recognizable. I love this dynamic you guys mm-hmm. found. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the movie is built around shitty marketing hype, and once that goes away, it's not worth rewatching. Mm. And mm. yes. So anyway, moving on to television, I, to real television. Yes. J- Double J. Uh, what's the matter? Can't make a third season of Westworld because you <laughs> wrote yourself into a fucking corner. <laughs> <laughs> is he on Westworld? No, he's not. He's a producer. Is he? Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, how I Met Your Mother, TV. On the fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? What is this? Is that the okay. name of the episode? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want you to read that. <laughs> gonna see if you. We're gonna read my commentary. I just put blah 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 charts. There's a mm-hmm. uh, a storyline here where Barney is trying to count, or Why? he's he's celebrating his two hundredth sexual partner, and oh. in order to. Do we not? Do you see this already? Okay, keep going. Keep in going. order to celebrate that, um, Marshall gets into making a bunch of charts because he works for a place where they have a whole print shop so he can start making as many charts as he wants and the power goes we had a fucking friend like that so like insane pranks he could pull by like just having a print shop like (laughs) i dream lord i dream of this why do i have a campaign poster why am i wanted (laughs) like just every time we would go out you made mass out of me? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is my dream. And so, um, and I think a couple months ago, I talked about another episode where they all started doing interventions on each other. Yes. So this mm-hmm. comes into play. So I pulled the best clip. I've been kind of waiting for this to come up because it's one of my favorite parts of the show. I think you made me watch this episode. That's I why it sounds I familiar. <laughs> I ranked the presidents in order of how dirty their names sound. One, Johnson. Two, Bush. Three, Harden. Four, Polk. This circle represents people who are breaking my heart. And this circle represents people who are shaking my confidence daily. And where they overlap? Cecilia. (laughs) This is a pie chart describing my favorite bars. And this is a bar graph describing my favorite pies. That's why it's familiar. What's going on? Enough with the charts and the graphs. Really, any visual representation of data. <laughs> this would be my life. So, yeah. yes. <sighs> it's not just a visual joke. I enjoyed all the sexual presence. How, how did Harding rank so low? Well, I don't know if you saw on the chart, but right after Harding was Fillmore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Uh, A pie graph about bars and a bar graph about pies. That that really mm. makes me happy. It is one of my favorite jokes of all time. (laughs) Uh, This relates to to one of my favorite jokes on a different show, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. on the 6th, Scrubs airs my finale, Mm -hmm. which is used... You wrote the, the last yeah, episode with the original cast. The last episode with the original cast. Mm-hmm. It, they'll go on to have one more season, but it'll they lose almost everyone in the cast. Donald Faison stays on mm-hmm. and John C. McGinley, but everyone else kind of moves on. They show up a little bit over the season, mm-hmm. but 
the whole story kind of moves to a teaching hospital mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. a, a university with a teaching hospital attached. And they have a whole new cast, um, which includes James Franco and Eliza Coop. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, this Scrubs was a big show for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I loved Scrubs for a long time. I kind of fell off. I had fallen off by this point, but the first several seasons, I was a huge fan of. I've never hated an episode I saw of it. I just yeah. didn't understand what was exceptional about it um but i comedy central used to air it like every other day and like this is fun that's strange to me because it's a very cartoony show yes so uh, i feel like it would have been right in your something wheelhouse about, like that, that cheap whoosh cam like um I'm but it's kind of like family guy but I know. like i know it's just it's just like i know you're cutting away to something i don't need to see the camera turn hard to the right and make it a, a fucking wily coyote so that's noise. your quibble I, I swear to god it like almost <laughs> ruins 30 rock for okay. me <laughs> uh, I hate it. Uh, Arrested Development never does that shit. All right, that's fair. Um, but I, I I got it from Community, mm. and he's like, uh, "This is like uh, Abed was like, this is like that last season of Scrubs where Zach Braff was on, but narrated a couple of endings of the episodes, and the end of that episode is narrated by Zach Braff, oh. and it made me look that up. I'm like <laughs> he still narrated the episodes, hmm. even though he wasn't on them." In the last season? I did not watch the last season. So, Ooh. like I said, I had now fallen off. Fan. I had fallen off at that point. Now more, uh, I know more about Scrubs than you do. False. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and I also find it odd, um, sort of odd, I have my excuses, on the 8th, Everybody Hates Chris, uh, the finale airs. A yep. comedy created by one of my favorite human beings ever, mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Um, and I've n- never seen an episode of the show. One, it was on oh. UPN, which I never had. Uh, it never, was, I was never able to see it. But then it, it like airs all the time in like six different like over the air channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that like he's the narrator, and I love Chris Rock. I think he's one of the most gifted voices in comedy that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. He's one of mm-hmm. the worst actors I've ever mm-hmm. experienced in my entire life, and it's totally jarring. And he's like. <laughs> But he's not acting on the show. I know, but he's narrating every everything, everything. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't is know. Terry Crews not balancing that out for you? I really love Terry. Crews. Again, that's your quibble. I'm like two seasons yeah. into Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> like, I'm not str- Oh, it's so I, good. I, I'm not wanting for Terry Crews. Mm. I got plenty. But yeah. uh, I, no, every, everyone hates Chris. Is really cute. It's, mm. it's a show that like I would drop in and out. Every now and then, like I wouldn't, I didn't DVR it, but it's kind of like if it's on, I'll watch it. I'm kind of like Scrubs that way, mm. that too. Sort of like, yeah, if it's there, I'll watch it, but I don't tend to seek it out. And it's really cute, you know. I mean, it's it's a family sitcom, but it's also parodying family sitcoms, and they're deeply dysfunctional, and there's a lot of yelling. And yeah, everyone's very good. Uh, what's right. her name? Tashina Arnold, I think, that plays the mom. She is really underrated. Okay. And, and, and she was really, really funny. I've, I've, and uh, I wanted to see. Her. I want to see her on more stiff. I've memorized every Chris Rock routine. I've read all his books and everything he's ever said. And like his childhood is pretty perfect for a sitcom because mm-hmm. he has a weird ass upbringing. Inner city black kid bust into a white school just just to make you feel both <laughs> poor and weird. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> perfect for a comedian. Right. <laughs> Um, and uh, speaking of Chris Rock, uh, SNL, the next day on the 9th, uh, shit, when was the last time Justin Timberlake was the host of SNL? It's been mm. a minute. But he's a host this time, and he won an Emmy for mm-hmm. his troubles Ooh. with music. Ciara, she's back. 
Yep. Uh, why why you think we came in with that? Nice. Ah, there you go. And um the the digital short is the return of I don't do those guys have a name? What? The Dick in the Box guys? I'm pretty sure that's just what they're called, the yeah. Dick in the Box guys. <laughs> well, this digital short opens with them walking out of a building and throwing their boxes in the trash yes. and then moving on to this next like in the series. Two Oscar nominees or two Oscar, one Oscar winner, one Oscar nominee. I, did Patricia Clarkson win an Oscar? That's what I'm asking. Um, no. But uh, yes. Should. Digital short featuring Susan Sarandon, Prish, Patricia Clarkson. Hi, highly underrated digital short. Yeah, it's a good the one. The Dick in the Box guys. Hold up. You thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking I'm thinking too. Slow up. What time is it dog? It's time for a switcheroo. We both love our moms, women with grown women needs. I say we break them off, showing how much they really mean. Cause I'm a mother lover, you're a mother lover. We should each other's mothers, each other's mothers. I'm pushing that lady, well you came out as a baby. Ain't no doubt that is crazy. Patricia Clarkson posing next to that trash can is so great. Oh, uh, in a full mom outfit. In a full mommy outfit. Oh my yeah. god! No, just the the point where they're like, you know, on the bed, and his photo is like right next to him, and they're gonna, you know, put the photo discreetly down, and like, no, let the photo watch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want us both thinking about my son while we're doing it. I actually like this more than Dick in a Box for sure. I kind of do too. So you're thinking of old ladies getting sex. You're thinking about your future. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You better look like Susan Sarandon because holy okay, shit, but what the fuck? How did she do it? My partner better look like Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, there's a 20% chance of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he can do that. Uh, but that's, it didn't, it's at 1 million views on YouTube, which Oof. I think, but I think it came out in a time before they were uploading them to YouTube simultaneously. Mm. Probably. Uh, Dick in the Box All is right. like a phenomenon to where like, I just wanted to yell at Facebook, please stop posting this. Yeah. Uh, it's not that funny. Anyway. Yeah. But Mother Luffer, if you missed it the first time around, do yourself a favor. Seriously, it's really good. It's true. And those guys only did three things. So like, if, if you didn't know the Dick in the Box guys have two sequels, that's mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, and uh, for video games of 2009, May 3rd through the 9th, all silly. Uh, new Play Control! It's got an exclamation point. That's the name <laughs> of the brand. Um, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Uh, Sarah, you might remember this. because we uh, Fuck, like 15 years ago, we mm-hmm. were getting hammered at our friend's house. We'd yes. play the Donkey Bongas. Like, yes. We'd be playing, say it ain't so, I will not go. <laughs> Carry me home. Like, like uh, yes, I every parent's dream, well. every woman's dream. That's 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 what we want. Great set of bongos. Sure. Hooked up to our GameCube. They poured it over to the Wii. They take away the bongos. How dare they? Oh, and I... substitute it with Waggle for Donkey Kong Jungle Bl- Oh, sorry. This is Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. It has nothing to do with the... But that, that, that original <laughs> game was controlled with bongos. Yes, I remember it. No, no, no. But like they made a, a platformer, uh. like a regular Donkey Kong game that's controlled with bongos. It's mm. not a music game. Oh. Uh, so this they ported that to Wii, and you can control it with Waggle. Space Invaders Extreme... No one talks about like Galaga Legions and Space Invaders Extreme. These are updates of classic Taito games that are fucking excellent. Mm-hmm. Really good if you can still find it anywhere. But the biggest one that like almost every or you're even excited, Sarah. I played this. Uh, <laughs> you guys. 
guys, I played this. This is the tenth year. I have finished this game on four different platforms, wow. which is unnecessary. Plants vs. Zombies is ten years Woo. old. Woo. It predates PopCap's buyout from EA. Uh, this was a very pure, slow word of mouth internet sensation. Like I-, I love how this came out. Like I was working in the games industry, and like the talk was slow, and like Plants vs. Zombies. Mm-hmm. And there's like the fan art comes, <laughs> and they remove Michael Jackson from it eventually. Mm. But uh, but Plants vs Zombies, I don't know. That's one. Of, it's one of the bigger franchises created in the last ten years for me, anyway. Like mm-hmm. I love this game, and it works on every single system. It's very accessible too. Mm-hmm. As a mm-hmm. non-game player, awesome. I had a lot of fun with it, and yeah, yep. it's very accessible, which I appreciate. I love it, but yay! Stay tuned before we talk. We where we tell you who died and who lived or was born. <laughs> technically, everyone. Never mind. Uh, and who lived? Uh, I'm just trying to create a good log line here. But uh, who died and who lived? Because we're going to get a little, pl- a couple plugs out to you. Because this show, thank God, is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash/LazerTime. Uh, that your contributions are how we've been able to do this for the last four years. We hope to do it even longer. A uh, small donation, a donation, no matter how small, is always appreciated. It goes towards the cause, keeps everybody paid, keeps the system up to date, keeps us uh, our equipment up to date. We really do appreciate it. We can't thank you guys enough. And it supports not only this show, but Laser Time, the topic-based show. Uh, recent topics have included video game cartoons and celebrity meltdowns. Uh, you should go listen to that if you want to hear something less date-based, but just as silly and fucking clip heavy as what we do in 302010. <laughs> uh same goes for Video Game Apocalypse, uh where we talk about something like like new stuff and new releases but also a little magazine style uh evergreen list of certain things you might not have known about video game trivia minutia. Uh very fun show hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez and Matthew Allen with uh me as the Coco 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 co-host. I am that far down mm. in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I just appear. And um uh Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where we tease what's coming up, talk about what we're talking about later, now, in the future, in the past. I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, uh, who died this week? Uh, so, deaths this week, oh, they're just bummers all around, man. Uh, in 1989, we lost Christine Jorgensen, who is 62. Uh, she's kind of the first well-known transgendered person. Mm-hmm. They changed uh, my sex. Woman. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's yeah, an Ed Wood exactly. reference. Uh, it is exactly mm-hmm. what it, they show in Ed Wood why they made Glenn or Glenda was to capitalize on suddenly like, what the fuck? Because it's like 1951. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a long time. They're doing the surgery and all that. And, and it's like, no, I'm a woman. Just treat me like a woman. And they're like, how could you be treated like what you're from the army and ah and everyone freaked out and they couldn't tell the difference between like gay and transgender or like mm-hmm. a crossdresser back mm-hmm. then and again all... glenda glenda is <sighs> is unintentionally weird but still one of the most progressive acts ever done on film it's way yeah. ahead of its time in mm-hmm. terms of acceptance of a certain social norm that certain people are just mm-hmm. getting comfortable with very strange yep some mm. people just want to wear women's clothes, which yeah. I don't understand at all. You have two cops explain it to you in Ed Wood's Glenn or Glenda. That movie I is know. amazing. I know. Well, there's like stock footage of like Drills. steel plant <laughs> yes. and planes. Um, no, but no one would relax by wearing high heels. That's, that's what doesn't make any sense. And back yeah. then they had girdles and shit. Yeah. Anyway, Christine Jorgensen. 
A that, real that took guts. Mm -hmm. That took real guts. Mm -hmm. In 1951, when mm -hmm. the, the gender norms are so freaking rigid. Yeah. Go, girl. Anyway, uh, 1999, oh, we lost Dana Plato from Different Strokes. Oh, she was 34. Damn, 34? Wow. 34. I'm way older than she yeah. is now. Yeah, drugs drugs are bad, kids. And we lost Dom DeLuise, who was 75. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, now he and Bert are together doing, you know, uh, clip reels in the sky. Yeah, Aww. he's slapping him in the cross the face right in front of God. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh. don't, don't. Uh, I love Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He could be really dumb or really funny that's the, th that's the thing you'll never have to endure Dom DeLuise anything bad anymore but you want to make yourself feel really happy right now hmm. Google image search Dom DeLuise click your third thing you're going to laugh your ass <laughs> off it's going to just make you feel happy there's a guy wearing a fat guy hat and a beard just smiling for no reason <laughs> it's going to be great you know as mm -hmm. a child I always mm -hmm. confused him with Paul Prudhomme who? The celebrity chef. <laughs> the, the what? The celebrity chef, Paul Prudhomme. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Who had his own line of shit. Yes, yes. We're, right. They are similar. They looking, look a lot alike. Right? And yeah. also enjoyed same similar hats, I believe. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, the fat guy hat. Yeah. That's yep. where it yeah, works. It really contributed to my confusion. Mm -hmm. And Dom DeLuise gave hope to all fat gay men everywhere. Um, I'm just <laughs> assuming he came out at some point. No, I don't know. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think there was there was some sexual harassment uh, issues with him at oh. some point. I think it was a a bellboy or someone said he he got grabbed. Oh no! Keyword boy. Okay, now we're good. Yeah. Um, no. Well, I mean, I'm hoping he was a legal adult. I don't know. Anyway, should we get the birthday quiz? Birthday we quiz. Okay, I uh, should just mention he's not going to be the birthday quiz, but I like to point out when we have someone born during this program. In this week, May 5th, 1989, Chris Brown was born. Happy 30th birthday, Chris. It's very nice of you to uh, <laughs> Yep. But let's get to the good the good one, someone we like mm -hmm. for the birthday quiz. Uh, happy 70th birthday to this person born May 9th, 1949, in the Bronx and raised in Hicksville, Long Island. All of the boomers just got it. <laughs> so it's Counts not me out. It's not uh, Dean Martin uh, Nope um, His dad fled the Nazis And then went back to Germany in the 50s After a divorce because he said Americans are too materialistic That's not really a clue I just found that fascinating Wow <laughs> Okay. So it's not Donald uh, Trump No um, So he didn't finish high school Because he was busy working nights in bars To help his mom and since then has sold 150 million albums, making him the second highest selling solo act of all time behind Garth Brooks and Elvis and ahead of Michael Jackson. So not... 70. 70. Um, yeah. Not Bob Dylan, because that's what Sarah was going to say. No, I was not. No. Um, I know, I just want to get that out there. Mm -hmm. Make sure you didn't have to say your own guess. Um, <laughs> and, uh, From New York. So not oh, Bob Dylan. Billy Joel? It is Billy Joel! Oh, nice! Suck it! Two in a row! Yeah! I have to suck things! <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is terrible! Oh! Ooh. Goddamn Good Billy Joel. one! Yeah, I was gonna start listing his top 10 hits uh, from hardest to easiest. The last one of his top 10 hits, we will talk about this year. No. And it's We Didn't Start the Fire. <gasps> oh, oh, yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, you're discounting everything on River of Dreams. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I 
Oof. No, River of Dreams. He didn't make it to number one. River of Dreams is really good. I mean, if you want me to list them, they're all great songs. Modern That's Woman, true. Innocent Man, Matter of Trust, uh, You're Only hum- Human. I'm, you might be right. I go to extremes. My Life, Uptown Girl, Just the Way You Are, River mm. of Dreams, Tell Her About It, Still Rock and Roll to Me. Those are all awesome songs. So yeah, that's true. I know. I, 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 this is so boring, and the show's almost over. But, but like my dad, my sold the episode the last time. My dad had a Fiat that was a mm-hmm. piece of shit. Uh, kept mm-hmm. dying. My uncle let us borrow when his car died. He let us borrow his Volkswagen bus that had like a foldable sink and like a pop up. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, like, I love those. That's how we went to school with like cool. a like in a living room. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. he had a tape player in there, and just we open up and like I was like. Who's Billy Joel? All of these tapes are Billy Joel. And so like going to school in that car, like all we was this, this refresher course of like everything Billy Joel has ever done for like three months. So like yeah. I, just, I, yeah, I sat nice. on a couch, rode to school and listened to Billy Joel. Yeah. I'm not usually a fan of a jukebox musical, but mm-hmm. moving out mm-hmm. I saw in New York, like when it came out uh, on a family trip and I actually loved it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I can I can recommend it. I'd have to say. And I I don't know if it's if it's easier just suited to me. Uh, Billy Joel karaoke. I'm okay. Like mm. I didn't know that. I didn't okay. until someone put it on. I'm like, wow, that's I know this very well. Yeah, everyone uh, yeah. doesn't know that's that true. they know it until they know it. Remember once we were yeah we were at karaoke and someone put on for the longest time and it was like a huge hit with oh, everyone. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. It was so weird to think like, oh okay. Yeah, I that song no. with no instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to. Put Everyone on... loved it. Everyone sang along. Uh, I do our... the part that goes time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I like to do. I like to very dramatically sing Captain Jack sometimes. <laughs> put it on vinyl. You should do a dramatic reading of it. Yeah, you're really cool acting monologue. It's true. Uh, so you want to close out with Billy Joel? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Kids, kids, go listen to Stranger Glass Houses. But uh, I, I put a link in there for uh, You May Be Right because that's seriously one of my favorite songs. It's a good one. It's it's very symbolic of the whole fucking decade. And a guy who just like, honestly, like, yeah, I don't have anything else to write anymore. I wrote it all already. Like, yeah. Doesn't he, does he still have his residency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just, I, I always wondered, like, I heard you every day from like when I could understand I was listening to music till mm-hmm. 1994 and then you just never wrote anything again mm-hmm. he's like yeah I know that's what happened I wrote everything it's I cool could I'm rich enough <laughs> no he just he's like, I wish I could have but like <laughs> you only have so much in you and he says it with like a charming New York accent so you know. <laughs> uh, alright let's close out with Billy Joel I gotta thank executive producer Corey Gray and the many fine people at patreon.com slash laser time who support this show and the whole network for the price of a cup of coffee or a cheap fucking fast food value meal you can do it too we appreciate you we love you take us out billy 